back at it. CBS Sports Pro Wrestling Podcast. Back for another big week. Looking at the week that was WWE and beyond. Getting you fired up for Survivor Series, NXT TakeOver War Games, and more. But doing it within the confines of that loaded scritch. Prepared for injection with another lethal dose of performance-enhancing audio. Did I mention this was a loaded show? It's coming your way. It's the Brian Campbell. Absolutely the voice you hear. The you know, BC, BC, is, we whoa, do this whoa, every whoa, week. Whoa, We do this every week. We give them a very long intro. These people want to talk. They want us to talk. They want to know what the show wrestling. is called, though. In this Campbell podcast. This is just the beginning of my opening rant. No, I know. And that's why I'm cutting you off, BC. We have some business to take care of. But after that, man, we need to talk what went down this week in WWE. Which, honestly, some of the smartest booking I've seen from this company yet. Smart, this guy. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. It was a freaking insane week. I guess I can understand the interruption. It was an incredibly smart week on the book. But do you know what's not smart now that we're on this subject? Now that I got a minute here, job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. You know what is smart? Everything that happened on Raw and SmackDown this week. And ZipRecruiter.com slash corner. Our friends at ZipRecruiter, unlike other sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. Hey, ZipRecruiter, find us somebody to fill Nick Costos' chair because he's too busy and he doesn't care about us. But you know what? In the powerful matching technology that ZipRecruiter has, it scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. The result? You get qualified candidates fast, Silver King. That's right. No more sorting through wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. It is no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the United States. And that rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, listeners to the In This Corner podcast can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash corner. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash corner. You know I'm saying it one more time. Of course, ZipRecruiter.com slash corner. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And BC, I told you WWE was smart this week. I don't need the bad guy theme music. We don't need to tell them about five-star reviews or following us on Twitter. Hit me with the main event. I, I guess I have to do this. Oh, one more thing. We got Johnny Gargano today to get you fired up for NXT TakeOver and a lot more. But yes, let's do it right now. And BC, hit me with the horns, Tony. I have been a wrestling fan since the early 90s, BC, and there have been maybe a handful of moments that have truly hit that elevated feel spot. The one that makes you stand up, mouth agape, just in awe of the storytelling and performance that is right in front of you. And what Becky Lynch, my friend, did Monday night was one of those moments. It was career-defining. It was iconic. Yes, it was akin to Stone Cold Steve Austin at the 1996 King of the Ring. It was my favorite current wrestler straddling the arm of my second favorite current wrestler, making her scream in agony in a surprise backstage segment, then walking her way to the ring like the world's biggest badass fans screaming 
for her getting busted open and looking like the hottest damn thing this business has seen in quite some time. You want to talk about steak, BC? We got steak. We got a damn Wagyu Kobe Porterhouse surf and turf with truffle butter and a port wine reduction. For once, we could be sure they knew what we have known. Becky Lynch, the man, has it. And yet in that exact moment, you saw my tweet, I knew fate had other plans. There was too much blood. It did not look right. And now this mountaintop of a moment that set the stage for the exact match that I wanted that was going to main event Survivor Series. I said it last week, and if you didn't think I was right, you damn know I am now. It vanished. Nothing I could do about it. Nothing WWE could do about it. And for however briefly, it was taken away from us. You don't have it. All right, Silver King. Uh, I felt it. You felt it. Feel that. You feel that. But uh, are you really going to try to come out here and uh, open the show with a uh, scripted promo? That's, that's the ultimate Silver Hedge move to just kind of no, come out here. No scripts, just... just bullet points, as always. Uh, your soliloquy was well taken. Uh, what a f- insane week of pro wrestling that we have to touch on the larger picture, and we will. But I almost want to press pause at Monday night at 11. I don't know. Where are we at? 11 sharp. No, where? they they no more overrun. 11 sharp. I thought there was overrun this week. Maybe not. No, nope. right. over, over. Where we were at 11 sharp on Monday night, it almost needs to be a pin drop in the timeline of our wrestling fandom. And that's that's large that's that's nick costo saying that the call on that fourth omega match was the greatest in history but i had a shaka and osaka in my pants monday night okay and i know everyone out there did too and i got 75 dms i could read right now with everyone saying the right all the same things all for the same reasons and they would be right by the way because becky i is so damn hot fire in every possible way. And it goes beyond, damn, this heel idea was a really good idea. It goes beyond, wow, she's the best thing going in wrestling today. It's extended to the areas, the categories that you mentioned of Stone Cold that we mentioned a couple weeks ago. You're the biggest piece of trash I've ever met in my life. Because it's raw. It's organic, and the pop and the push and the feel that she's receiving from Smark fans. I want to say forget the casuals for a second, because, like, when Ronda debuted this year, the casuals went nuts. That's a casual fan moment pop. What Bex is doing right now is organic Smark pops to the heart, to the subcockles of your soul, and she's moving her hands around in there, and you like the way it feels because it's so raw and perfect and just, I know it's scripted, but it doesn't feel scripted. It feels like the real person on the inside is coming out. It just, in me while I'm watching it, and in Becky. Wow, wow, that was gross. Wow. But what I'm saying here, Silver King, is she reached the zenith. She damn near reached perfection Monday night. She had her King of the Ring moment, her bread heart, blood pouring from her head at WrestleMania 13 moment, all wrapped up into one. 
it's 2018. It's not 1996, so it's different. But in 2018, that's as damn close as Austin as you're going to get for the organic nature in which it happened. And that was something that seems to be happening similar to Daniel Bryan, almost outside of WWE's own plans. Like, yes, they're pushing her right now, but it seems like she's exceeding and overachieving any plans that they possibly could have had for her. Obviously, this story now gets very complicated for what happened because Nia Jax, proven correct, not like most girls. (laughs) And she'll lay you out with that right hand. And I know we got a lot to talk about on where this is going. But your soliloquy nailed it. Let's press pause on Monday night at 11 p.m. And holy friggin' cow. Wow. I mean, how happy is Katie Vick right now? Even she loved this. This is everything I want in the world. I mean, uh, uh, by the way, it did cover up something, Adam. We'll get to all, we'll get to all the negatives that covered up, and we'll get to. We'll oh, get to the, here we go! I well, think I hit the Rousey button on the inside. We'll get to here. everything. I think I we, will get to, we will get to every piece of it. I got close. I got close to the Rousey sore. We will get to every piece of this, and I actually had plans to discuss Ronda Rousey in very specific fashion. But BC, like when the camera starts moving, first of all, the segment in the ring. Because let's actually walk through it, okay? The segment in the ring where they're picking the Raw team, and they have Bailey and Sasha beat each other up in the match, and then just literally they might have might as well have taken a broom and brushed them out of the ring how worthless they are for WWE and for Raw right now, okay? They said, nah, screw you. We're going to have this women's Survivor Series match on the Raw side with really no one that anyone wants to see in the match. Let's be honest. I like Natalia. Okay, she's not doing it for me. No one really cares about Ruby Riot. That storyline sucks. Mickey James, Nia, and Tamina, who gives a damn? So instead of having... Two women in Sasha and Bailey that people care about in this Survivor Series match, none. And I'm thinking, this is garbage. What the hell are they doing in this segment? This is how you're closing Raw. And then you see this camera scanning the floor of the backstage area, working its way into that room. You're hearing the screaming. I'm like, oh, Becky's beat. Maybe they're beating someone up or there's an invasion or something's happening. The last thing I expected to see was Ronda Rousey selling out as yes. much as someone like Ronda Rousey can sell out, you've never seen Brock Lesnar do anything like that for anyone in WWE. Except for AJ Styles last year's Survivor Series. Not like that. Not like that. Screaming her lungs out as Becky, all of a sudden in that moment, in that frame, is looking like the biggest badass we've ever seen, or at least in recent memory. And then you have her screaming at Rousey, this is what happens when the man comes around. Are you kidding me? That was enough. You could have ended the show there. Well, stop it right fe- there. Stop feel it, spot activated. Re- just stop it real quick right there. None of us ever, ever, uh, let's say this spring, this summer, before Becky's heel turn, ever would have thought we would accept seeing Ronda Rousey put in the damn arm bar in the WWE by somebody else. The disarmor, yes. No, at its core, it's an arm bar, which is the Fine. move yes. that Ronda Rousey, like, you know, single-handedly kind of revolution, not revolutionized, but made so famous in MMA. So, you know, it's a basic submission move, but with her judo background, she made it her own. So the idea when she came into WWE, I remember ripping it. We're like, well, when she goes up against Becky, you know, they may have to change Well, no, the whole whole storyline when she joined WWE is they were trying to set her up with Asuka. They had Asuka change her finisher because they were going to do a storyline with them going against one another at some point. I forget if it was Survivor Series or, or when exactly it was. 
but they were setting up something with Asuka and, and Ronda, and they said, no, we don't want to do that because, God forbid, someone else gets to use their armbar. And to, to your point, now they have Becky Lynch not just putting her in the armbar, but dominating her with never, the armbar. We never would have thought that was possible because, in theory, it's, it's insanely stupid, but that just shows how far the man has come. I am the man. Uh, the man. She's uh, the wow. man. Wow, I mean, that segment alone, like, I, I kind of, w- in some weird way, like, I kind of wish the show ended with just that backstage one, because we would have been like, oh my god, she's the best! And she'd also be healthy, yeah. But it spills over into her running into the ring to, 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 to at first, look like single-handedly take on the Raw squad, because she's such a badass, that was an Austin moment. Then you have the blue shirts on SmackDown running in. Uh, can we press pause again and say, are we okay that Charlotte just kind of forgot where we were in the storyline and her love for the blue brand allowed her to come in and help Becky? Are we okay with well, that? I mean, they repaired yeah, it. Yeah, they we, repaired we saw it that. Tuesday. We saw that last year during the under siege moment where it didn't matter. Heal her face. They kind of put her to side. And that's what this pay-per-view is supposed to be about. You also saw that in the moment they weren't working together in the ring. It's just that they were all there together. And generally in WWE, when it does get to survivor series time, the champion is the captain. They're the lead of the ship. So whether you're a healer, the face, whether you like them or don't, you do go along with them. I did think it did jar me initially. I agree. I'm on the same plane as you, but it also would have been not nearly as complete without her there. And then you have a brawl and I, you know, it was pretty well done because it was intense. Mm. And then Bex takes, the right hand heard around the world. And uh, I got people DMing me with really bizarre things, trying to say that WWE was behind this to get Becky's hot streak off the screen, uh, that that this was somehow payback for two stiff shots she had hit Nia with at the beginning of this. I didn't necessarily see that watching it back. Is this just a mistake? I've seen Nia tweet out a picture of her own knuckles as like a, hey, guys, no one's asking me how my hand feels and her hands all busted up and swollen. Uh, I don't know, man. As as a like I haven't stepped in the square circle. Right. But I know the concept of pulling punches and you're taught that you have to try really hard to hit someone for real with the force required to break their face. I mean, it was instantaneous, like blood gushed out of her cheekbone under her eye, wherever it was coming from. I don't know. It's coming from everywhere. Um, and you saw her like she went over to the corner to attack Naya, hit her with some kind of weak, you know, punches as you're supposed to on the back. And Naya just turned around and clocked her in the face. So was it a receipt for something? Was it on purpose? Maybe. I'm not going to say it was because I don't know the backstage Politics, they might be best friends for all I know, and maybe it was the biggest accident in the entire world. Maybe Becky I, stepped into a little, a I little bit. A I don't know. Accident. We Knowing Naya, I mean, she's not that smooth, but I got a quick question for you. For well, she's not our, smooth, BC, and of, she's not safe, because this is the 10th, like, woman that she has hurt in the last year. Who, Naya? Do you have proof yes. of this? 10 women? Uh, what's her name? Um, Zelina Vega on, on either in the Royal Rumble or, or the Battle Royal or whatever got hurt, got a concussion. She hurt... Um, Ember Moon, she hurt. I mean, I can go through it. There was a whole list posted on Reddit. I read it. From one of our, it was a, it was everyone. She's hurt everyone. Listeners. It actually is John, and it's from Frank. Never heard from this guy before. Hey Frank, welcome to our family here at Frank underscore FJC five oh nine. Maybe want to shorten that a little bit. But hey, Frank, that's fine. How you want to go there? He says so. Everybody's 
going to give Ronda Rousey a pass for hurting Alexa Bliss? And now they're going to give Nia Jax a pass for hurting Becky while Brie got completely bashed? Funny how that works. Nikki was right, says Frank. I wish you died in the womb. Adam, does he have a point here? Are we going to... I mean, he says we're going to give Nia a pass. I think he's wrong. I think we're a lot of people are throwing blame at Nia. But does this get Brie off the hook at the very least? So I don't think this... I don't think Nia gets a pass on this because it was so drastic and it was so bad and it was a punch. It's one thing if a move goes awry or if you drop someone wrong because you're lifting a human being in the air. This is something where you learn this in basic wrestling school, how to pull a punch. And yes, yeah, sometimes people connect. They connect with kicks too. You know, Brie connected with a kick to the face. She's probably done those a million times and just one screwed up. And Rhonda, she's still green. And yeah, she messed up and she concussed Alexa Bliss. But she didn't break her face. You saw Becky's face. Yeah, but we're kind of comparing, like, sins in a way. Like, we're saying, like... no, look, look. There's a difference between it happening once or occasionally and it happening consistently. I can find the list if I need to. And I'm not trying to say it's her fault, and I'm not trying to say she did it on purpose. What I'm saying is that she has a history of being dangerous in the ring. She was brought up very early out of the Performance Center, and... It's just, it, it it doesn't, it seems like this should not have happened. Whereas a concussion, if someone gets knocked down and they don't tuck their head or something else happens, those things happen. This shouldn't have happened. All right, That's ready, my ready take. Ready for a hot take here? This happening is absolutely the best thing for my <laughs> well, fandom. Not for Becky's face. For but yeah, Becky so. Lynch. Yeah. And for the the legend, the growing legend of Becky Lynch, because certainly that punch and the instant black and blue in the blood allowed us to have. I mean, look, we had already been saying every week that she's bordering on Austin levels. She's amazing. It wouldn't have gone to the level it did in our hearts this Monday at 11 p.m. when we signed off and we all had to try to find a larger pair of pants to cover the. the uh, no, no, I you know, I, I let's. Yeah, wow. That was wow. Wow. Um. <laughs> My point on that is, if it didn't have the violence, the underscore of violence, it's the reason why the rare blade jobs that do happen in WWE happen seemingly at the best moments to elevate a situation. Becky smearing blood, like, just to get it out of her face. Who knows how, you know, half-blown she was in that moment because she was concussed. Who knows what exactly was her mental state was. That moment obviously allowed this to raise to, like, this is we are watching a, a folk hero in front of us. We are watching a the, the growth of a legend. And I think even though it takes away this Ronda Rousey match, which had all the makings to beat hot fire, I don't necessarily think I trust WWE ever. So do I trust that they would have allowed Becky to win? No. Now, could she still have stayed red hot with a loss? Maybe. But. I kind of like that Becky doesn't have to uh, okay, lose. But you, hold on, you hold on. Tr- Becky doesn't have to lose in this situation, and now you open the door for Becky Lynch and Ronda maybe at Mania, and if we build to it slowly, this thing could be off the damn charts if they never actually wrestle before then. So my point is, this match, the build to Sunday could have been great, the match could have been great, but then it would have been over. I don't want it to be over. Yeah, I want this but to you be just the beginning. You're not, you don't trust them to do that, but you... Like, you, you don't trust them to do that, but you trust them to now book five months out to have this happen at WrestleMania. I think it forced their hand. I think it forced their hand that they well, have I don't to. know. I don't know that it forced or, their hand. Or Rumble or whatever. But my point I, is, it would have been long and forgotten. Becky would have lost on Sunday, and you know this man, and yes. it would have been lost and forgotten. She still would have been hot, but she wouldn't have been 
unearthly hot. So she wouldn't have blonde... been the damn man, if you will. I am the man. She would not have been the man at that point anymore. Your chick, Rousey, would have been the man. Becky can dish it out, but she... Sure isn't that good at taking. Oh, don't, don't get it. Rhonda, well, well, don't, well, you potted kettle. Don't even let me get into that. Yeah, to be the man, you got to beat the man. But the blood definitely, without question, made the moment bigger. So no matter what happened, I would have loved to have seen the blood from like a busted nose where she could could have still wrestled and all that. Didn't break her face. But and without without the concussion. But the blood made that moment bigger. It made it more iconic. It made her look like a bigger badass. And those pictures of her standing at the top of the, you know, uh, crowd at, at the top of the row, at the top of the stairs, with her arms out, soaked, you know, head to toe, man, like that is the Austin, you know, King of the Ring. It's also the Austin Bloodstone. It's all of it, all in one. Um, that said, I don't necessarily know that it was, as Stephanie McMahon would say, best for business, because I don't necessarily trust that WWE despite putting Charlotte now in Becky's spot at Survivor Series, I don't necessarily trust that they are going to change their plans and say, and notice, wow, we really have something here. This needs to be the main event of Wrestle, or the women's main event, one or the other, of WrestleMania. My guess, if I'm booking the damn territory going forward, and I'm not booking it how I would book it, I'm booking it how I expect them to book it, is there's a schmaz finish in this match, or Rousey beats her, Charlotte then wins the Royal Rumble, wants revenge or wants her opportunity, whatever the case, challenges her at WrestleMania. Well, That's our main I event. Think it goes I don't think that, that changes. I have a fear that everything you just said is right, and it'll be Ronda with the, as a quasi-heel with the NXT4 horsewomen in her corner, meaning the MMA version of the NXT4 horsewomen who just happen to be in NXT now, and Becky, former force horsewomen. Man, that's a lot of words that don't really You mean Charlotte? Becky, former four horse women, can I stop saying that, is going to be in Charlotte's corner because of that hug on Tuesday night. Now, pause that for one second, and yeah, I want to get to that. But yeah, let's get to that. Let later, me close yeah. on the other thing. I don't disagree with you that we can't trust WWE, but what I'm saying is because we can't trust WWE, this injury prevented her from getting watered down. Because in whatever form they would have played Sunday out, she was going to lose and she was going to get watered down to a certain degree. You this think so? You, to... don't, you think so? You don't know what their plans are. You're talking about the four horsewomen. Maybe she had her locked in the disarm or screaming. And maybe Schiffer and, and the other one, Jessamine Duke, run down. And True. maybe they interrupt. Well, you just so, made the case that we can't trust them. So I'm saying, okay, if you're right, then well, you don't know. You're, you're the one who you, you're the one who started out saying they can't trust. So what well, I'm saying first is, first of all, everybody no matter, knows DTA. DTA, brother, don't trust anybody. And specifically, right. don't trust Vince. Specifically, all right. Specifically, but but credit where credit gets where uh, is deserved, where credit is due. They are pushing Becky Lynch. Whether this will change anything about their plans going forward, Monday night they gave us what we have always wanted with Becky Lynch. What I shocked me, what I was desiring with Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, I was already excited about that match Sunday. After Monday night went down, BC, I was like, I'm not even going to, there's a Sunday night football game, obviously, during this. I wasn't even going to watch it simultaneously. All attention to Survivor Series. They had me hook, line, and sinker, and unfortunately, it's just not going to happen. But since we did mention Charlotte and Becky, why don't you go ahead and hit that uh, DM sound for me? So uh, Eric at Rib Saucy tweets us all the time. Uh, I haven't watched SmackDown yet, okay, but I saw Becky hugging Charlotte 
in the ring than every other woman hugging Charlotte too. Can this crap stop? Do you remember when Stone Cold got hurt in 2000 and hugged Vince in the Rock in the ring? Me neither, because that blank would never happen. <laughs> well written. Well he's written right, Arthur. and he's right. So I thought in that moment, just to, to start off here, it seemed unnecessary for them to make up to that level that quickly. And two things stood out to me. Number one, the crowd wanted Asuka, not Charlotte, just like the crowd wanted Ember Moon, not Nia Jax, to win the Battle Royal at Evolution, okay? And you saw Asuka screaming, I want that opportunity. The crowd was going nuts. Now, they can't change their, you know, their, their mind in the moment, but they're not smart enough to know that that was going to be the reaction. They should have known that, yes, Asuka, Ronda Rousey, that is a match people want. Charlotte Ronda Rousey is also a match people want, but they could have put Asuka right in that spot and saved Charlotte, and they would have been perfectly fine, and people still would have been really excited for this pay-per-view. Instead, Becky goes over there, doesn't just pick her, hugs her, says something to her, and then you have that moment with all the women, face or heel, all hugging except for the Iconics. What she should have done is looked at her, said, you, dropped the mic, and walked out of the ring. I mean, that would have worked, and I, and I got a lot of that in my timeline, obviously, of people being like, man, everything but that hug. Like, the hug just ruins the hug was it. Worse, yeah. And certainly you can book other ways they could have fixed this. Now, if Charlotte Rousey will get to it, but if that leads to this four horsewomen angle we're talking about and big business at Mania, it makes sense. I thought, by the way, the, the, the right fix would have been Nia Jax, who already is owed a title shot against Rousey that we're all not really that excited about. Put her in, but have the storyline be that she hurt Lynch on purpose. You know what I mean? Have her cut one of those promos that's like, well, I wanted in on that. And then, look, you get the Jacks one out of the way, and now you have a built-in Jacks-Becky-Lynch rivalry for down the road. Whatever. Put that on pause. Your point. Yes, would it have been better if she didn't hug? Of course. But I'm going to actually give it a pass for this reason. A couple things. One, we're in Survivor Series season where we're supposed to believe that the colors of the brands matter for this week. And it and it dulls hatred in allegiances. But two, they're different kinds of heels. Silver King, you called it on Twitter an unmitigated disaster after the first SmackDown after SummerSlam when they sort of wrongfully presented that she was going to be like an evil heel who hates fans, right? They've gone away from that. Correct. What we've become to find is that she's a flashy heel who feels she's justified in her own reasonings. And I think we all are going to agree the end game on this is her turning babyface. Like, it's going to happen any time. You can argue that she is a babyface right now, even though she's kind of a heel. So my point on that is, by having her hug, it kind of endears you to the idea that she doesn't want to pull herself out of the match. In fact, she talked about fighting the doctors to try to get back in, but she's so damn tough that they pulled her out and look, she's not an evil heel who has no soul. She's somebody who has feelings. She hugged and passed the baton back to Charlotte. I kind of liked that because it her end game is going to be a babyface anyway, a hot fire babyface. So that kind of showed that she has character. And to hit my own uh, Kentucky Long Rifle for a second to counter Ripsauce's point, the great Bob Backlund, your your rival at Talkbox, who now calls himself Beck Lynchland. I don't. That's sort of a mixture of the two. 
He said, I'm all over your DMs this week, but I've never had 48 hours of wrestling that we just experienced. Am I crazy? Or has Becky lapped Charlotte the way Becky carried herself last night? Dude, I've never seen anything like it. Not kidding. I cried when she walked out of that ring. Monday and Tuesday with Becky is literally everything we want out of wrestling. Surprise, passion, emotion, the blurred line between fake and real, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Talkbox goes on to really paint a fun picture there. But that point, A, it's still real Talkbox because he shed a damn tear when, <laughs> when Becky. But I think he kind of nailed that. I think he kind of nailed that. Like, I think that moment of the hug actually in some weird ways puts Becky over even more. She's a well-rounded destroyer. She's everything we want in a woman. She's everything. There's something happening inside of me right now. The mega powers are about to explode in my pants. Right I mean, yeah. this is great. So, yeah. Could she have gone full Austin and dropped a middle finger or dropped the mic? Maybe. But... They're kind of setting her up to be but the best the point, thing ever. But the point, the point that Eric was making in the, in the DM that I read previously, it's not that they can't be friendly. It's that the women always have to hug. The men, a fist bump, an arm raise, something like that. The women always have to hug. Heal her face no matter the moment. They always have to all be in the ring together. There's never, they're not treated like the same competitors the men are where there's no scenario in which Champa gets injured, and granted, he's more of a heel than Becky was, but there's no scenario where Champa gets injured and Johnny Gargano fills in for him, and Champa says thank you, doesn't just shake his hand, but gives him a hug, holds him tight, and whispers in his ear. Well, It doesn't happen this. like that. How about if Dean and, and Seth, amid, this, amid their own sort of, like, Hate justified hatred. So that is a little bit closer, but the the shield is built up as brothers. That is part of their thing. So they might get a hug from each other or put their arms around each other, but they're not going to embrace like that. And certainly if they hug, Braun Strowman's not going to come in and hug them. And neither is Drew McIntyre. But Becky and Charlotte are BFFs on screen. They were. They They do the DMT thing in what are women in real life. They used to be. Do we have female listeners? Probably a few. Well, hey, female listeners, I'm going to tell you something. Females are volatile. Do you know what they do? They have lifelong friendships that end disastrously, and they hate each other. And then a year later, they're best friends again. But again, it's not just between those two. It's with everyone else. It's... It just there, there, there is justification to his DM and to the thought that they could have done that without getting it sentimental. It didn't need to be sentimental. She wasn't dropping the title. She wasn't leaving for a period of time. She was just replacing her in a match. She could have shaken her hand, pat her on the back, walked out of the ring. It would have worked that way, too. It just didn't need to be the way they presented it. It was uncharacteristic. Whether it's for women, whether it's for them being best friends, it just wasn't necessary in that moment. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. We can agree to disagree and move on. It was all good, though. The spinoff. No, I don't want a spinoff yet. I want, uh, the spinoff. Okay, yeah, the spinoff is Charlotte Rousey, and it's interesting. And like I said, it could it could lead us to uh, four horse women, which we've already teased the beginning, you know, and and whatever. It could be awesome. It could be great. I don't necessarily know that it means that. Becky's out of WrestleMania's biggest women's match. I don't necessarily know that this isn't just a Rousey win, like we said, and then that's it for now. And sometimes WWE likes to give you away something way too early. Examples. The damn Shield triple threat at Battleground in 2016. What the hell was that? Examples. Or Roman Cena. Cena, Roman. Examples. Braun and Brock. Examples. Kurt Angle never wore the tactical vest. I'm not going to remember that that ever happened. Yeah. Anyway, um, Rousey, I will say the reason why Becky was even 
more well-received on Monday was that I felt, you can tell me if you disagree, I thought Rousey had a horrific night on the microphone that proved her going in the opposite direction in a continuation that the high point was that Nikki promo about Cena, and since then it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I want to play you this pot and kettle real quick that got everybody mad, rightfully so. Becky can dish it out, but she sure isn't that good at taking it. I mean, Becky, you are so hypersensitive. You're not just the man, you are the millennial man. You are the skinny jeans wearing, v-neck sporting, avocado toast munching, winged shoe wearing millennial man with a bubble-wrapped ego and a porcelain self-perception. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna halt. No, I'm there. gonna pause. No, you. no, 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 because I know where you're I'm, gonna go. But let me say something. No, no, first. I'm gonna pause you first because this is exactly what I said last week. These are words she would never speak. These are phrases she would never use. Wow, now you can go ahead and criticize up. her. Go so ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop talking in five seconds. But so it is up. the writers, not Rousey. Go ahead. How about you guys shut the f up and let me talk for a minute? Okay? Wow, wow, this guy's so protective of Ronda Rousey. Um, okay, no, so I'm protective of anyone who's given that bad scripting. It's is terrible. it the writers? Yes, uh, yes, they're giving her really bad scripting. I mean, look, seriously, you heard that part. Becky can dish it out, but she sure isn't that good at taking it. All right, well, Rhonda, there's going to be some responsibility on you because you have to know how you're perceived in real life outside of WWE from the end of your MMA career when it disastrously fell apart and you handled losing really badly after being the face of women's empowerment. And you refused to do interviews ahead of that Amanda Nunez fight. And you were pretty awful to people. And when anybody brings up MMA to you, not only do they tell you ahead of time in the interviews, do not bring up UFC and MMA, but when people do like Mike Golick, she clowns them. So she's going to pot and kettle in character? I think it's even responsible enough for her to say, you know what, guys? This probably doesn't represent me in this light. So is WWE badly scripting her? Yes. But her execution is getting worse and worse and worse. Hear this one bit. I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. No, that's not good. This Brian, needs to stop. Those are lines, man. Like, all right, there's two different points that you that you want to talk about. Is it hypocritical for to call her hypersensitive? Yes. Does the average wrestling fan know how she acted in the lead up to her second MMA fight after her first loss? When, by the way, she was hypersensitive, yes. She was also admittedly suicidal that she lost, okay? So we can characterize it as her having a bad personality or attitude, but there was something that mentally happened with her, at least according to her. So I'm going to give her a break, okay, for that. And, And even if you don't, as an MMA journalist, which you are and I'm not, I don't cover MMA, I don't really know much about it. I didn't have to try to deal with her during all of that. The average wrestling fan doesn't know that. So in a scripted storyline, if she wants to call another woman or her competitor sensitive, that's fine. That's one part. The second part, BC. What I was going to do, and I forgot I ran out of time, is I was going to transcribe that promo and try to cut it myself on this show. And I was going to dare you to tell me that I somehow delivered it better than Ronda Rousey. And maybe you would have just to try to make your point. But those words, that phraseology, just like last week, just like, by the way, you praised her Nikki Bella promo. The first half of her Nikki Bella promo was dog bleep. And all of this is because they are writing her like she's some, some more, greater, more intelligent, 
so wordy true. person. Yeah. And Brian, it doesn't work for her character. Okay. She should be speaking We've in five second that. segments. But you you can't stop there. That's my point. You're you're way too overprotective of her. At some point, I'm not overprotective. It, it was like of the her. beginning. Okay, look, the first three or four. Brian, they're having her talk about avocados and millennials on the Build Mania when we rightfully ripped her when she was doing the the ultra babyface stuff on the microphone. Right? We kept saying, "Hey, WWE, yes. you're putting her in the wrong position. You're putting her in a position to fail. You're giving her too many words. She needs to be more of a short badass." Yes. There came a point, though, at like the fifth and sixth week of it where now you got to start pointing the finger back at her. Like, yes, it's not the ideal situation, but it's sink or swim time now. You got to improve. And my point is, is the writing bad? Obviously, but it's starting to become sink or swim now. I mean, again, hear that. I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. That's not okay, writing problem. Yeah, right but there. you're picking parts of it. The end of it was decent. It was better than the rest of it, just like the Nikki promo, just like the promo last week. The promo last week, two-thirds of it were garbage. It was just like the millennial man crap. It was terrible. But the last, like, 15 seconds when she went from being a face, trying to be cute and trying to be wordy, to being a badass and calling Becky Lynch out was good. It's not her fault that they're giving her these lines. What she should be doing is saying, there's no damn way I'm going to read this. It makes me sound corny yes. and I can't deliver Jeez. it well. So, but so they again, shouldn't be. So but, however you're going to point the finger, you have to point the finger. Whether you're going to say, I'm going to say the execution's horrific, but I think you also have to say, look, she's got to stand up for herself. This is, now we're at that point. She needs to protect her own character. I didn't love this line. Did you like this line? I am a natural born killer. Yeah, it's fine. So my point is this. This isn't about – I didn't like that, and here's why. This isn't about me trying to win an argument against you. This is about this. Ronda Rousey is supposed to be untouchable, right? Like, like in our eyes. Like they, they presented her so well to start her career. Now it's becoming every time she's on the mic, I cringe. And that's a problem. And I think part of the problem is her, even though, yes, the writing's bad, and I think we need to now come to terms with that. She's can't, she's just, she can't do it on the mic. So what's the end game? The end game needs to turn her heel. If this is part of the end game, making her an unlikable babyface, then it's going to work big time when they turn her heel and put those thug four horsewomen next to her. But until then, it's, it's watering down her effect. What did you think about her promo at the start of the show? Where it was, I thought that 30 was twice as bad, and and that's where that line came from that I played a couple times about the this this one. I really can't wait to show the man. Like that's just it's. I thought the first part was cringeworthy. You're saying early in the show, yes, in the with opening Stephanie second. McMahon, yes, and again, is she going to be able to bully her own boss with no repercussions? That part's weird. Well, no, rep- it would seem repercussions are coming at some point, and that's the expectation. Also, she didn't lock her in the armbar this time, which was a nice touch because the ex- expectation was, oh, she's about to lock Stephanie in the armbar for the fourth time, you know, and that didn't happen. But, Brian, like, you can say that she isn't getting better on the mic, and I'll accept that. That's fine. But if they gave Seth Rollins that promo, would it be better? Yeah, because Seth Rollins is better on the mic, but it still wouldn't be good. Like, it was awful. The scripting, like, I, play it again if you want. Listen to the words that they wrote for her. They would never write these for anyone else. Who are her writers? Chris Jericho would throw a conniption. He would tear the script up and wipe his ass with it. Bro, don't That's be how the bad la- it was. Don't be the last guy left out on the island. You come to terms with it. It's not working. She's got to make changes. She's got to make changes. No, the writers have to make changes. I don't know how you can't see that. Well, I, I, I know just, you're not I, defending I, I the script. Told you. I know you're not... We, I know you're not defending the script. I know you're not defending the script. But what should she have done with it? She's got to get better at delivering it. If she's not going to fight for better lines, and if this is what, what, what she's being dealt, 
which is too many lines and stuff she wouldn't say, then she's either got to find a way to say it from her heart in a way that makes sense because the way she's doing it is hurting her character. It's becoming You want her to talk about avocados and skinny jeans from her heart? So, dude, again, everyone gets dealt a certain level of writing. Not unless, that Unless bad. you're Jericho or Triple H and you can just do your own promos or Paul Heyman and these guys find a way to pull it off. New Day finds Who a else? way to pull off a lot of really bad crap, right? Because they find their true personality inside. Oh, and they bring do that, it out. yeah, but they, they have a lot more flexibility than Bro, she you does. Can't, I, I want to I mean, know. Look, the only thing more cringeworthy than her right now is this argument. But you can't stand on the island alone and be like, nothing to see here, nothing, no problem. I'm not saying she doesn't have room for improvement on the mic. We've been talking about it since she joined WWE. We said we she'll probably pick up the physical part very quick. But the, the being able to speak in front of a crowd like this and get her thoughts across will be more difficult. But Brian, you could give that promo to Dusty Rhodes, okay, and he'd still struggle through it. It'd be better. Oh, It'd be way better because he's you. delivering. He's a master. But he would struggle through it. How dare you? Yeah, Dusty Rhodes would absolutely kill that, and you know that. Brett never banks on you. Let's move on. We got to move All on. All right. Look, like, I don't even know how long we just spoke about Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, but it deserved it. And BC – the only way the second part of our main event would actually be the second part of our main event is if something happened like it did on Monday and Tuesday between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. On Tuesday night, the main event of SmackDown, Daniel Bryan became the new WWE champion, ending a 371-ish, something like that, day reign for AJ Styles, who it looked like was never going to lose the title. And Daniel Bryan turned heel in the process, with another low blow, does AJ ever learn? Why hasn't he invested three ninety five in a cup? I don't know. <laughs> um, but you know, talk to me about what you felt of this booking decision and the moment that we saw on TV. Yeah, this is this is pretty crazy. This was this was this could have led the show with a lot of sirens and stuff anyway. But the reason why I'm not doing it with the sirens is I'm I, I'm not really sure what to do with this. Like. It's awesome. Do I want heel Daniel Bryan? Yes. Was I the guy playing that DM two weeks ago? Like how does Daniel Bryan feel watered down and not the same? And it's just not the same. Yes, it's not the same. He's going heel. The pure white bread guy going heel the way that John Cena and Roman Reigns never will. Why? Because Vince is all in on those two guys corporately in ways he will never be all in on Daniel Bryan, who is more of the smart people's champion. So him going heel with the already really bad beard is going to work perfectly. It's all about the timing, though. And I have an equal mix of DMs. Not going to read any of them because I got so many. Seriously, I got like 50 DMs on this topic. People loving it. People hating it. People in my life texting me going, how short-minded are they to give us Brock versus Brian with no build, rocket ship booking? What the hell are they doing? That's why it's called a dream match. You you don't need build. True, but losing Ronda... Becky, when it was this hot, is a problem. So if their idea was simply to put something else on top of it that could be even bigger, I don't hate that. I don't hate Daniel Bryan with the championship because you have him back when you thought you were never going to have him again, most likely. And yes, I want to see him against Miz, and we probably still will at Mania. But do I want to see him against Lesnar? Yes. Do I want to see him as a heel? Yes. I don't care that it's heel versus heel. I want to see this. And since we're probably never going to see this in a WrestleMania main event with a three-month buildup, yes, I'll take it as is with a dream match. And yes, I can absolutely feel that. Wow, I'm feeling that. That moment in the end, 
I did have moments of sitting there going, do I really like this as much as I think I do? Should I like this as much as I think I do? After further review, the play stands is called. I love the crap out of this. I don't know, though, if the people in the arena did, because I played back that pop, Adam. That was not WrestleMania 30. That was not Dolph cashing in in 2011 on Raw. That was that was like 205 Live pop. Yeah. Now, I'm probably going to be talking more about the issues with it than how much I loved it, because I did love it. Okay, so I'm going to get that out of the way. I don't want to necessarily repeat everything that Brian said. Feel spot moment. No doubt about it. Heel Daniel Bryan is awesome. Okay. Um, But I could not help in the moment but feel it was insanely anticlimactic. It simply didn't register the way that moment should have with Daniel Bryan less than a year back in WWE after three years out winning the WWE title and doing it by beating AJ Styles. Now, yes, the heel turned through people for a loop, but they also didn't react to the further heel antics of Brian after the match when he started stomping on AJ's shoulder and neck and whatever. If you're not going to pop for the win because you're so surprised, that's okay. But then you have to react to him being a heel. And there were some more boos, but here's the issue with this. For those that don't necessarily go on the internet a lot to look at wrestling stuff, SmackDown does not sell out its crowds very well. In fact, there's many editions of SmackDown where the only fans that are in the arena are those visible to the cameras. And behind the cameras, they're pretty empty. And from what I was able to tell, there were not a lot of fans in attendance that night. And on top of that, this match also was put forth, you know, in the open of the show and then billed for the main event. There was no build. Had they had that AJ Daniel Bryan, Paul Heyman interaction last Tuesday in the main event of SmackDown and built up a title match on this edition of SmackDown, there would have been more anticipation for the match. um, And there probably would have been a lot more fans in the arena knowing, oh my God, AJ and Daniel Bryan are going to have a WWE title match in my hometown. So for all of those reasons, this was a big moment, but it should have felt way bigger. And Daniel Bryan winning the WWE title should have been way more important. And even in a heel turn moment, you if even if this happened in his prior run and he turned heel and did all of this, you still would have seen the fans behind him going crazy, chanting yes, or some of them doing it, some of them not. You would hear a lot of noise being made. It was silent. And because of that, it almost was watered down for me and my enjoyment of it was watered down too. Now, before you counter, I do want to note, since you brought it up, Dave Meltzer does report that Daniel Bryan, it was his idea to turn heel. This had been in the works for a while, which I really don't think is much of a surprise considering the way we've seen him acting to AJ, to The Miz, so on and so forth. Now, I don't know if this was decided that they were going to have this match on Tuesday night and they were going to make that turn, but apparently it was in the cards and it was not a reaction to Becky Lynch. That, that's according to Dave, if you want to take it. So is this gospel now from your guy, Dave? No, I said, if you, I just said, if you want to take it. All right. All right. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Our, our people have a couple different theories. Let's, let's, let's break two of them down real quick. Uh, Dylan Hager, regular on the show at D Hager J 15. What up BC? I'm probably not the only one pointing this out, 
But USA debuted a new show immediately following SmackDown this week. We'd love to hear if you and the Silver King think that affected the timing of the title change and heel turn. Love the show. Double exclamation points. This new show on USA, Adam, was some form of country music version of what? Like The Voice or American Idol? Like a country music version of it? I couldn't have turned it off faster. Okay. No. Uh, they did not do it for that. No. I don't. I don't think so, Dylan Hager. No, I don't not. think it was connected to that. Um, should the pop have been bigger? Yes. I get it to a certain degree, even separate from the small crowds, why it wasn't that big. It's because this was kind of forced like down our throats. Like it was like out of nowhere. But again, I'll take it now like this rather than not at all. And from Adnan at Adnan 1610, BC hot take. What if Brian has gone heel because WWE is confident they are going to sign the elite in time for Mania, and they want to do Kenny Omega, Daniel Bryan for the oh WWE God. Championship at <laughs> WrestleMania. P.S. Adnan says, I would prefer if Omega stayed with Japan, but Roman out with WWE will make a major, will, will lead WWE to make a major play at the Elite. Adnan, well thought out plan, but no, no, bro. No, those guys are not, those guys are not coming in, but that, I mean, look, book, he, he booked the damn territory, so Congratulations. That that would be great. Um, well, if this actually was Daniel Bryan's idea, then I think it will actually make sense. And it's actually pretty smart in theory. Now, again, things that we don't love. I don't love that it was a ball kick because we just saw that 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 started it. I don't love that the sort of mindset of his heel turn is kind of what we just saw with Becky Lynch. But and maybe with Shinsuke. But ultimately, uh, his character as a baby face outside of beating Miz one day wasn't really going anywhere. Are there a ton of top shelf heels on SmackDown? The more we think about it, there's Joe and Miz, right? Yeah. Uh, he, you're right though. He got stale. That was the key. Daniel Bryan came back. They had the initial pop. It was great. And then he got completely stale. And this is brilliant. I mean, when he held AJ's arms and did that step to the face while holding the two arms, like a pop massive, that's great. Yeah. But the problem is though, like you just mentioned, Samoa Joe's gone now, again, because they're not going to have heel versus heel, right? The Miz, I was in, see, this is the thing that makes me surprised about this. Now, my assumption is they didn't want Lesnar to beat Styles twice, even though I did think Styles was going to win that match. So if they decided to make that change now, as opposed to next week or two weeks or at the next pay-per-view, I understand that. They had a really good storyline going between Daniel Bryan and The Miz on that Survivor Series team. Yes. That was really, I don't even want to say overachieving. It was achieving to a high level um, the last two weeks on SmackDown. So they completely changed that match. They slightly altered the men's match um, on the Raw side. The women's match on the Survivor Series elimination match was completely changed. And the women's main event was completely changed. All for this to happen. So I guess the question for you is, was all of this, assuming the men's stuff was not related to the women's stuff, was it worth them not giving us Styles Lesnar 2 with the presumption that Lesnar beat Styles in order to make this change now in that way, as opposed to holding it four weeks for the next, next pay-per-view? It's, it's, it's hard to answer. It's hard to answer because these dream matches don't really matter anyway. It's more about just 
this is the new theme for Survivor Series. We'll still have the traditional team versus team matches, and then we'll also do some dream matches on top. No one loses their title. No one really loses their reputation. It's sort of a no-build fun match. So in reality, changing those with a different one doesn't really matter in, in a weird way. There's been a lot of changes in a short time now. That sometimes can be confusing, but let's be honest. Before this week, I was pretty damn excited about Survivor Series because of some of these dream match elements. I think they've actually set up now the red versus blue brand idea pretty well between the the Shane and Steph stuff and now the women's stuff that I actually care about both those matches a lot. And now the changes they've made, I care even more. Brock, Dan, and Brian, I just want to see what it looks like. Even Seth Shinsuke, I kind of like. Rousey Flair, I want to see, are they going to give away too much of the bag now or just tease it just a little bit? Be careful, though, if you tease it, though, because you, you will get the mess. You will get, you get the, the mess. mess. Absolutely. Yeah, Buddy Murphy. Muhammad, yeah, yeah, I'm fired up right now. I like when things happen out of nowhere. So in the end, I'm going to support this Daniel Bryan decision. When you have a longtime baby face, turning him heel is the best thing you can do. This is great. This is how you fill the Roman Reigns hole, people. Yes. It's wild and crazy stuff. Daniel and Bryan you know as a heel, Becky Hotfire, yes, that will you fill know, the hole. And you know what? Also, it does put into play, unless he gets the title back somehow. It does put into play potentially AJ Styles winning the Royal Rumble and challenging Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Which not only would it be a great match, it fills the hole of Roman Reigns on the Raw side. And yes, you can make an argument. What about Braun? What about Seth? Well, maybe Seth and Dean have something going. Maybe Braun has something with someone else. Maybe Braun's in a tag team. Who knows? So but that's interesting. Well, that's it interesting. does put that into play. So that's interesting because when Roman got hurt, it looked like they lined up to give the ball to Braun. They don't trust Braun right now in that level. So they're Nor using, they. using Brock as a temporary. So is the temporary a handoff to AJ, who they do trust on a merch, on a face of our company level? Wow. Yes. That, that's it. Because And then you're moving AJ to Raw, and you have the superstar shakeup one week later. You can put... Rollins or you can put Ambrose or whoever you want from that stacked roster back on SmackDown. You have Daniel Bryan and The Miz and Samoa Joe and maybe Rollins. And all of a sudden, and or Braun, you put Braun over on SmackDown and everything feels fresh all of that a sudden. That would be great if they served AJ. Oh, wow. Even, by the way, even if they do Daniel Bryan, AJ at Mania, I'm still, I'm still in. I'm still. Oh, there. that'd be great too. But, I, you know, I do think this is potentially setting up, which would be interesting, <clears throat> a heel, a heel Bryan face Miz match all of a sudden at WrestleMania, which completely serves our expectations. And the other thing I'll mention before we move on from this, a lot of people tweeted me, and I am not familiar with Daniel Bryan prior to WWE. Bryan Danielson, not familiar. But apparently these are shades of his old American Dragon persona, the thing that got him so famous and so yes. loved by independent wrestling fans. So if we're about to see that really for the first time in WWE, and he requested it, and he wants it, and it's on SmackDown, maybe this is just the tipping point for something really huge with Daniel Bryan, which two weeks ago, great DM question, you and I both agreed was stale and boring, and we just weren't getting a lot out of it. Oh, man, I love this idea, you know, because Daniel Bryan, it, it works once, the impossible dream underdog hero. He's too small, but you know what really works? He's too small and he's cheating. That really works. That really works. BC, really it well. was to my point at the opening of the show, we had a lot of steak Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, 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 we did. This I'm full. Been, I'm I'm this I'm has full. Been a great a great a great week. Uh we're going to get into our Survivor Series preview in about 18 seconds and we want to try to avoid the show going 3 hours, but I did want to hit one thing on the Seth Dean. We got an answer from Dean this week. We did. We did. 
I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Do I like him sitting on the hood of a car? Yes. Do I like a barrel full of fire <laughs> where you're burning stuff? Yes. <clears throat> I like that also when Jericho burnt the uh, AJ, two, Y2AJ shirt in the barrel that time. I like that. I don't think Dean nailed the promo, though. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't rousy. I don't think he nailed it, though. I, I, I almost felt like him not talking was cooler than actually hearing him talk. Your thoughts? Uh, I rewatched it because I missed it. Um, not missed it. In the moment, I obviously watched it, but I wasn't fully paying attention because uh, football was on. Um, I watched it again. I thought it was very good. I thought the biggest mistake, and this is me being the Silver King, the nitpicker as always, is he's throwing gasoline all over this jacket. Some of it gets in the fire. Nothing happens. It's clearly water. He drops the gasoline-filled vest in the fire. It doesn't like explode up into the air or nothing. there's no sparks that fly or anything. WWE, like, I know you're cutting this pyro budget and it's that's gone and you're you're making all these cuts, but make it at least real. I have to be, I have to believe he's actually using gasoline on this thing and it's gonna go up in flames. It was so bad. But outside of that, I thought the promo was solid, honestly. I, I liked the delivery. I liked Rollins' promo in the ring of how he's not even thinking about Shinsuke Nakamura. And to his credit, and and we'll slide into the Survivor Series preview since this is a nice transitional topic. To Shinsuke Nakamura's credit. On SmackDown, I thought he delivered one of his best promos in WWE yet, saying, Seth's not thinking of me, I'm thinking of him, shows the video of, of the Rollins promo, cut a couple really good lines, I forgot what they were off the top of my head, but I thought Shinsuke delivered for not seeing the guy in two months. God bless America. Yeah, yeah, he he was good, he was good. It was creepy and weird at first, but he, he kind of made it work by the end of it. Uh, let's get into this Survivor Series. It's, well, let's start, let's start with that match. Well, hold on, it's Sunday night. Uh, they're doing a two-hour pre-show. This starts at 5 p.m. Eastern. Good Lord. Yes. If that means it ends at 10, I'd love it. But it doesn't mean it's going to end at 10, does well, it's, it? Well, it, it's, it's a big five pay-per-view. So um, the it, it can go between 10 and 11 at any point. So I would expect like 10.30. All right. I love the venue, Staples Center. It, sort of, it still has that luster. It makes it feel big that it's in L.A. And I love the streamed-down nature of seven matches plus one on the pre-show. I'm sure they'll add some others on this two-hour pre-show. But the way Wikipedia, which is the all-trusting, uh, has it right now, this is a lean, big card. With These matches are certainly going to be long, but I like the lean nature of it. So let's get into it. Seth Rollins, the IC champion. Shinsuke, the U.S. champion. Champion versus champion. Uh, I just want to see what it looks like. I, I don't really have a feeling or care on who wins. I don't think it matters who wins. This is just for the fans. Yeah, legitimate first-time-ever match between these two. I think Shinsuke definitely has to go over, actually. I, I don't even think it's... I, I see no way Rollins should or or will win this match. I don't think it matters either way. One thing on Rollins right now that we want to say, top five wrestler in the world. You want to say he's your favorite? You want to say he's your best? Whatever, whatever. We're not re rehashing that debate. He's amazing. He has the potential to do six-star matches in WWE. I feel like his move set on is getting too packaged and predictable lately. It's too much the same. Like we're building toward the suicide dive, then we're gonna get the double suicide dive, then we're gonna get the superplex into Falcon Zero, then we're gonna get this, then we're gonna get that. Like he has all these great things in his game, but like they're always in the same order. You know what well, I'm it just depends. It depends who his opponent is. When you uh, the Dolph Ziggler matches, that was not the case. The other matches that he's in, it is the case. When he's fighting someone just to fight on on Raw, um, and it's either whether it's McIntyre or whether it's Lashley or whoever, he goes through the – I don't honestly go through the motions like he's not trying, but there's a standard package of moves. But that's really the case with most wrestlers. And let's not act like it's just Rollins. True, the difference is with Rollins – the, the difference is with Rollins. He has so many spectacular moves 
that you notice that they're spectacular. Like with Cena, him hitting you with a shoulder, like you don't think like, oh yeah, that's part of his move set. Like you don't care. Seeing the Falcon, seeing the superplex into the Falcon Arrow, and he does it every single match. It's like, oh, I love that move. It's so cool. But he never gets a pinfall with it. Yeah, so it's, just, I, I guess it's more noticeable. He's so damn talented that I actually expect a little bit more. And by the way, nobody upgrades their pay-per-view merch. Their, not their merch, their ring attire. Like Better, Seth Rollins. Correct. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, oh. no, I don't care who wins. Give me 12 hot minutes and get out of here. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have that. Uh, what, what was listed as the pre-show match, the kickoff show match? Uh, the tag team Raw versus SmackDown. Match. Okay, that's how it should be. Um, I have never seen a more lopsided match, Survivor Series match in WWE history. Listen to this. Raw tag teams, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, The Ascension, Lucha uh, House Party, I forgot their name, The B Team, and The Revival. So, Oh, you're forgetting five- one. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah, you nailed The Ascension. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's bad. So five, so five teams, one who kind of just joined Raw but is still also on 205 Live, Two that we haven't seen in forever, and, and two teams we like, but just whatever. Then on the other side, the Usos and New Day, two of the most successful tag teams of all time in WWE. The Good Brothers, Solid Sanity, and yeah, also the Clones. Are hey, we got shirtless clones on SmackDown. By the way, I can <laughs> sure, do without we did. the end of that segment when the Usos and all those other tag teams did like a choreograph, like beat it, like it was the end of Greece, yeah, like they're in a I line, it was cool. like. I don't want. I don't need that in my life. I don't need that. The I Smack, thought that whole promo was cool. The SmackDown penitent. No, I don't need that either. I, they could have ended it with handing the shirts to each other and giving each other. Points, no, but, no, I disagree. Hey, I nobody whole... cares who wins. It should be fun to watch. Hey, that gives me the old Survivor Series feels. So as long as it's fun, perfect pre-show match. Well, let's not. You're trying to jump off of this, but you are. If if we do jump off of this and don't talk about it a little bit longer, we don't get the opportunity to talk about Chad Gable's insane. I don't. What do you want to call that move? He had a Bobby Roode on Monday night. As Bobby Roode did a neck, neck breaker. breaker. It was great. Yeah. I mean, if that's their finisher and they're going to make them a real team, they're for real and that's a for real move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. That's that was incredible. Job. But no. Uh, so since you're not going to give a prediction, if SmackDown doesn't win this, it's a travesty. I won't even understand I bet how you that means Raw wins it and just probably to put over Roode and Gable. That's probably the point of this. Game. I just, I, there's no, there's no way. Almost every team on Raw is better than almost every team yeah, on SmackDown. This is I mean, sorry. This is, uh, this is pro wrestling booking. I mean, yeah. I know. All right. Cruiserweight Championship. This one is going to hit all the field spots. Buddy Murphy defending against Mustafa Ali. Um, there's no way Murphy drops the title after in his first defense or second defense, first pay-per-view defense. Um, but this has the opportunity. If this is on the main card, as it definitely should be, this has the opportunity to be a five-star match. Yeah, it does. And it's one of the rare, like singles matches with that potential because some of these other matches are so unique or weird or whatever. Um, I haven't watched 205 Live, though, since Buddy won it. It's just been the thing I've cut out. Of, I've cut trimmed the fat a little bit, even though, by the way, it entertains every single week. It's fantastic. Sorry, WWE. There's just too much going on. But uh, this this they're only going to get 11 minutes. We know that. It could be an absolutely spectacular. Buddy's got to keep going because he's a star. He's going to be on the main roster. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. Keep it going. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree with basically all of that. Uh, the tag team champions will go head to head AOP, who I guess we cannot call authors of pain anymore against the bar in a heel versus heel match. And also two teams that just won the titles within the last three weeks. Um, I honestly have 0.0 interest in this match. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, mark that zero. I, I really couldn't, uh, agree with you more. Um, I want to shut this stuff up. 
Oh, come on, Braun. That's too harsh. Give me six hot minutes and then put over AOP Big. And I, look, I'm done with Big Show. I'm sorry. Big Show, I respect you a lot, Paul White. But don't become the, my next Undertaker and Kane. But how, I don't even get why he's still you. there. It made sense initially to combat the New Day. But now that they're not doing that, why is he still with them? Yes. And why are they calling them the, the bar with Big Show when Big Show's not in the match? I mean, maybe that gives them an advantage and a way to win because they're going to outnumber them. And Big Show maybe could take Drake Maverick and throw him, you know, into the crowd with one hand. That'd be pretty funny. Um, but I, I think I predicted AOP just because if they just won the titles, you got to put them over. You got to put like, them over. You got to put them over. Would it make any sense? All right. The women's elimination match. And this is another one that, I mean, honestly, out of every match, this I'm looking forward to the least. There's almost no star power. Um, and it's just crap, honestly. So it's Natalia. Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina Snuka, and Ruby Riot. Oh. So it's basically four heels and a face. With Alexa, oh, Alexa Bliss on the side on this one. Alexa Bliss built the team. Yeah, you know she's the captain. She can't wrestle, but it's four heels and a face, and neither Sasha Banks nor Bailey on the team against Carmella, Naomi, Oscar, Sonya Deville, and TBA. Now that Charlotte Flair is out of that match, I'm expecting Mandy Rose, but who the hell knows. Oh. So when what I is there earlier, what is there about this match to like? Nothing. Uh, when I said about earlier that that I was suddenly intrigued by this, I was thinking I was intrigued by Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey and that end match, the end segment on Raw, which neither of those two are in this match. So yeah, um, right. this is really bad. So let's hope that uh, it's really short. Yeah, there you go. Let's move on. I think you have to put the SmackDown. I mean, you're not doing predictions here, so I will. I think you have to put the SmackDown women over. You have Oscar in the match. Let her be the sole survivor. I mean, it's either going to be her or Nia Jax. Giving her these, these you know, consolation trophies. Like, like, thank you for participating. But at least she'd get something. I mean, and by the way, I mentioned like Sasha and Bailey. Ember Moon's also not in this match. So three, your three best workers on Raw are not in the match. Can I say something truly incredible? I think I'm over Ember Moon. I don't. I think they called her up too early. Like she's. I'm not saying she's bad. She's. She's fine. I'm just. I lost my love for Ember. Moon. I agree that they called her up too early, but I still think she's great. Like I would rather see her in the in the feud in Shayna Baszler right now. I really would. Well, the the problem is there's now so many women on the rosters and nothing to do with them. That's why these women's tag team titles are actually important because there's all these women just sitting there doing nothing. Do you know we're headed toward a Wednesday 6:30 p.m. Probably. all women show. It'll be yes. ESPN or no ESPN NXT uh, UK. Then it'll be that. Then there'll be a uh, mixed match show. Then they, they, at some point you got to trim the fat. Yeah. By the way, I have not watched NXT UK UK in 3 weeks and apparently they've had 6 episodes in that time. So, okay, I'll see it maybe never cuz it's just too much at this point. Um, I, I, didn't you say it was as good as the Cruiserweight Classic? Oh, no, that was the other that was the other. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm all in. Are you all in? Oh, yeah, Brandy. Okay. Um Again, there's there's probably at least a chance she wasn't talking about 0.0. 0. Uh men's elimination match. This one I think has some merit. Braun Strowman Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley against The Miz, Shane McMahon, Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio, and Jeff Hardy. Who wins this match? Who should win this match? And who should be the sole survivor? Hmm. Uh, who should win? I don't know if there's necessarily an answer there. I will say I care. I care the minimum. They got me. They got me the minimum they could get me with the idea that this win really matters to Shane versus Steph. Like, it's a tired old thing. But they got me for some reason just enough with the Baron Corbin and, you know, participation with everything going on with Braun Strowman that I'm in. I'm in on this, guys. I care about it. Uh, 
I, they didn't put anybody's jobs on the line or anything, right? So there's really no. like it's really kind of like it doesn't really matter who wins, right? There's one person who it matters is on top at the end. I don't even know if I have a prediction who should be the last. I don't even think it matters. But here's the thing I'll say about this. The last few years since they've gone back to this, these matches have been great. Except for the really bad finish last year with Triple H turning on Angle. That whole match leading up was great. And two years ago, 2016, was really great. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I think it was... uh, Yeah. Was yeah. uh, brought, uh, no, it was Orton and uh, Wyatt were the sole survivors. Wyatt took the bullet from Reigns for Orton to win it. That whole match was an hour of perfection. So I'm going to have the confidence that this match is going to be pretty badass. So no prediction from you? No. All right, so Raw's going to win this because I have them losing the other two uh, elimination matches. And I think after what you have done with Drew McIntyre, he doesn't need to be the sole survivor, but he needs to be a survivor on the Raw team. He needs to be there at the end, whether with Dolph Ziggler with Braun, or just by himself. That's how you have to do it. I think Shane, I don't even know if Shane Russell's in the match. I'm going to make another prediction. I think Randy Orton finds his way into this match, either by taking out Shane, taking out Rey Mysterio, or taking out Jeff Hardy. So that's my predictions that for a, this that match. Is dirt prediction, or just a, uh, is that fueled by dirt? Is that prediction fueled by dirt, or if you are you just feeling it? You're feeling Randy Orton. Feeling it. Uh, so I, we'll go with the women's champions match. Next, because I like I, I was pretty sure that we were going to get Ronda Becky in the main event, but now I don't think that's the case. Ronda Rousey from Raw against Charlotte Flair, who's obviously not the champion from SmackDown. Is it important that we get a finish here, or is it just more important that they have a good match and give us a taste of what is to come? Yeah, it's most important that this sets the table for either Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. And again, like I think Becky Lynch could end up being a part of this in some form. I know you don't necessarily like the idea of a Ronda, Becky, and and uh, the other one, Charlotte, like triple threat match at Mania. No, hate it. I don't hate that, by the way. But uh, yeah, what it, what I don't want it to be is what the other dream matches are, which is just a one-off, have fun, enjoy it, fans. Because if it is, then you've wasted it, okay? And I don't want Charlotte Flair to just lose, and then we play out the storyline that she's lost her mojo, and she comes out with balloons like Okada, and she starts acting like Eugene. I don't need that either, okay? What I need is a smudge finish. I need Baszler and the other two, and I need that storyline to kick in right now. And I say, well, what about uh, Becky? Becky's going to come back to some big-ass business, okay? She may be friends with Charlotte for a while. We don't really know where that's going. But I don't think I need Bex in this match. Do you? Do you need her to show up? Do you need anything involving Becky Lynch right now? I would like, you know what? I would like her either sitting on top of the ramp or in a suite watching. Okay. Okay. I think that would be cool. The Rocks, that's something The Rock has done. That's something Austin has done. I think that would be cool. What if they threw to the suite and she had her and Austin together sitting there? Chugging beers. That'd be a that'd be a <laughs> life changing moment for all of us. That would be great. Um, I I think this has to go one of two ways. Uh, either a schmaz finish, which I'm totally fine with, and whether it's Baszler, uh, is it Schaffer or Shafir? Schaffer. Well, how do you say your name? Shafir. Yeah. Shafir, Jessamine Duke. Um, them interfering, I'd be okay with that. I'd also be fine, honestly, if Rousey tapped her out and. Two reasons why. One, it sets a revenge or uh, uh, something in Charlotte's head that she needs to get back and get another opportunity, which she could get by winning the Royal Rumble. But it, it also keeps Rousey looking like a badass, that she went ahead and beat the number one woman, number one, number two, whatever you want to say, on the SmackDown side. Um, and I think that is totally fine. I also think it's acceptable for her to tap out when she just tapped out 
to the disarmor a couple weeks ago in Evolution. So, and she's still in that mental state where she wasn't going to be captain of the women's team. She wasn't. She was losing confidence in herself. This could continue that downward spiral for her. That so, doesn't I, work. I, I would be totally okay with that. The reason why that doesn't work for me to go that angle is that again, you sacrificed. Oscar's unbeaten streak for Charlotte to probably prop her up in the minds of the people that only watch WrestleMania and nothing else that next year Charlotte will be there for Rousey. And obviously they still could be building toward that. But if this ends in Charlotte losing cleanly, then I'm going to come on here next week and be like, this should have been Rousey Oscar. And it would have been Vince throwing Oscar at Rousey and she would have got jobbed out and lost. But at least it would have been one of those. Hey, I just want to see what it looks like. And also Oscar now could absorb jobbing to her, whereas a year ago she couldn't have because yes. she was undefeated. So right now Oscar's so down and so low on the totem pole. And you say, eh, it's fine. Let her so tap better her out. Be a schmaz. It's got to be a schmaz. I need no, to be I, a I'm OK with there being a finish. I think I think Flair would be capable of taking it. Um, and it would also give her a reason to turn heel also that she's being a, being a nice girl, nice woman. She's you know, lost her edge maybe, and she needs to get that back again. So I think there's plenty of reasons why it could end that way. Um, but the main event, which I think we all have to expect to be the main event now of Survivor Series, Brock Lesnar, the Universal Champion again against Daniel Bryan, the new WWE Champion, in a match that, let's be honest, I, I probably didn't think we were ever going to see. And now all of a sudden, hot shot, we're getting it. Paul Heyman was out on Twitter putting Daniel Bryan over, and I mean, he did on SmackDown too, but basically saying something along the lines of, this is a match he wanted to see back when he, he was helping Lesnar in OVW. He was curious what this match would look like. Now, all of a sudden, it's going to happen. Zero build. I don't care. Feel spot activated. Let's do this! I'm fired up. Can, can Paul Heyman, like, can Brock beat Brian in a way that Brian shows his toughness, even though he's a heel now and retains like that. Wow. Dan O'Brien like sold his ass off. That was a fun match. He lost, but storyline wise, he gave everything he had. And then Paul Heyman leaves with both of them. And then <laughs> Paul Heyman now is going to be there every Monday and Tuesday night in Daniel Bryan's court. Is that the most genius thing ever? Because Brian can talk, but he's so much better with like facial expressions and not talking that, is this the time to put Paul Heyman in this corner to make this thing really matter? Look, I'm down for Paul Heyman being with anyone who could utilize him. Not a Cesaro, not something like that, but someone like Daniel Bryan, yes. I mean, a million times, yes. Roman Reigns, yes, that would have been incredible. Um, I just don't think they're going that direction here. And I, you know, I, I like giving predictions, and I gave them for the rest of the matches. I don't know how the hell this match ends. Daniel Bryan just won the WWE title. How is he going to lose to Brock Lesnar clean? It would only be, like I said, in like that baby face manner, which I think you could still pull off, even though he's a heel that like, wow, he still deserves our respect. He just went out there and worked so hard. Like, okay. Daniel Bryan's not going to win. And the only way he's going to win cleanly is if they have, if he's going to main event WrestleMania, that's the only way he's going to win cleanly. And he's not going to do that. No, that's not going to happen. We could see AJ Styles interfere. But then we're talking possibly two schmas finishes to end yeah. the show, unless they put the raw match, the, the not the raw match, the men's elimination match in the main event, which I don't think they will. So is AJ off this card? AJ is not on the card. All right, then he's going to be there in some form on commentary, something, right? He's going to have to be there because he's going to want a rematch. He's going to have a contractually obligated rematch. Yeah, but not at that show. Hmm. 
This is interesting. Look, and that's a, it's a it's a good way, and interesting in a good way because I want to see what it looks like in there. I want to see if Brian's just going to sell his butt off. I want to see if Lesnar is going to have the same excitement that he had in the in the Styles match last year. Don't forget Survivor Series last year. AJ and Lesnar actually was my favorite match of the year in non-Japan. I thought it was the best WWE match of the year. I did you vote? Did you vote for that for when we did our I match? I did. Of the year? I did. And and I could I could see there was other matches that had a little maybe a little higher technical and star. But I felt so happy watching that match because Brock loved it and sold out, and AJ was like perfect against a guy that size. I wonder if we're going to see that now. Brian isn't the athlete that AJ is, but. This could be fun, man. And, and the potential for extras, yes. I am so damn dialed in. The prediction has to be Brock Lesnar, though. But yeah. let's see where it goes. And by the way, the size differential with AJ is stark. The size differential with Daniel Bryan, it's, this is going to look incredible. This is going to look like when Rey Mysterio was champion. Not, not to that extreme, but because Brock is so huge, it'll look like that. Where like when they stand, like I would say, face-to-face, it's not going to be face-to-face. It's going to be like face to nipple, you know, like it's going to be really interesting to see these guys line up in the ring and really see what they do and how they book this going forward. I think what we can say about WWE is those dirty bed sheets, BC, they're crumpled up. They're in the laundry bin. They're waiting for the wash. And I think they're going to get washed very, very soon. You have to have had a massive turnaround despite crown jewel from evolution to now. And even a month before evolution to now WWE, we have to give them credit. They've been booking their ass off. It's not always good, but they've been trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back. We're back, baby. We're back where we need to be. Hey, is Braun Strowman going to interfere in that Lesnar match and we're missing it? Possibly. The, uh, we excited. could get Braun and AJ interfering. Who the hell knows? Uh, yeah, I'm excited about this. All right. I the, only thing, the only thing I don't want is I'd prefer both of those matches not end in Schmaz finishes. Because when you get a pay-per-view like Survivor Series, you want some type of result. And your two biggest matches can't both end that way. All right. Well, we got to get to the NXT TakeOver War Games preview. But before we do, Johnny Wrestling is here. Let's throw to him now. Enjoy. Johnny, how are you, man? Hey, Brian. Good to hear you. Yeah, absolutely. Always great to get to talk to you, especially on a week as important as this with NXT TakeOver War Games Los Angeles this weekend. And today, Wednesday, the dropping of Season 5 of WWE Supercard. We all know that game. We love it. Free download, of course, on the App Store for iOS devices, Google Play Store and Amazon App Store for Android devices. But, Johnny, this new Season 5, we got a couple new NXT names added into the mix. EC3, Ricochet, and Mrs. Johnny Wrestling, Candice LeRae. That's got to fire you up there. Yep. It's awesome. That's it's, it's it's amazing, and like I'm super cool. I'm it's super cool for me to be able to be the season five ambassador for WWE Supercard because I play the game myself. I have it on my phone. I'm not the best at it. I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not the best at it, and I can't wait to see Candice's card because I'm sure her toughness is going to be way higher than my toughness. Uh, is, but that, yeah. is that going to be it, a debate? It, it's amazing, and it's, it's super cool to be able to do this. Well, I want to ask you on that, you know, whether it's, you know, WWE 2K18 or whether it's WWE Supercard with Season 5 out now, either you or Candice or you were in the guys in the locker room, do you get into that debate of, hey, did you see how I was rated? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I know that Adam Cole was very disappointed in his rating because uh, he's quite the gamer as well. Uh, so he wasn't very happy about his rating. Uh, I kept joking with him. I was like, what if, like, out of all the Undisputed Era guys, like, you were just the lowest? And, like, 
you just were awful. Like, like Bobby and Kyle and Roddy were all like 80s and you were like 71. <laughs> and like, so that was my joke with Adam Cole for a while. Uh, but yeah, we kind of like, we don't like, it, it, it's not a, a, a very, you know, personal, like, oh man, this guy's rated higher than me. I hate this guy. It's not, it's not to that extent, but it's all, it's all, all in good fun. It's all in good fun. Absolutely. And uh, WWE Supercard can be addictive. 18 million people have downloaded it globally. Very fun game. A lot of new features this year. Three dynamic and fun new tiers. We got a new multi-fusion chamber. A lot of good stuff going on. What do you like specifically about these type of games? So for me, the the coolest thing about the game is I can kind of pick it up and play it whenever. Uh, I Like I said, I travel a lot. I know a lot of people uh, travel a lot, and a lot of people have a lot of downtime. But the thing about that is that we always have our cell phones with us. Uh, what I mean, what's the thing? It's like phone wallet keys. I mean, I think that's the, the new Adam Sandler bit, and it's very true. <laughs> uh, so I take my phone with me everywhere and say I'm on, uh, on, on a long bus ride, or I'm in the car for a long time, or I'm on a plane, like, I can play WWE Supercard, and I don't need to lug a system around. I can just pull out my phone and play it. For me, that is the most convenient part of the game, and that's the thing I enjoy the most. I can just pull it out and play it, and uh, I can I can pull a Lex Luger card out of a deck. Nice. <laughs> my card right my, my deck right now. My two top hitters are Lex Luger and Goldust, and they were kind of my tag team too. So it's real wild. Got a lot of wild stuff going on in WWE Supercard. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you can collect thousands of cards with. NXT guys, WWE legends, Hall of Famers, all that good stuff. And Johnny Gargano, I don't want to put the legend tag on you too early, but you're kind of having a legendary 2018 yourself, sir, in NXT with a loaded War Games card to come this Saturday on the WWE Network. Um, I talked to you over WrestleMania weekend, and it was, you know, we were up to a certain level in this grand feud you were having at that time with Tommaso Ciampa. Things have evolved. Now, of course, you're heading into business with Alistair Black, but do you have moments on the road when, when you got the cell phone out and you're playing games and you can kind of go, I'm doing something really special this year? Like, seriously, I don't want to pat my, I don't want to bury Horowitz myself, but I'm doing something insanely <laughs> special from takeover to takeover this year. See, I don't know. I, I never feel that way. And it's, I never feel that way until like way later. And like, I'm talking like now I'm just kind of realizing how how cool me and Andrade was from TakeOver Philadelphia. And that's like months and months and months ago. Uh, now I'm kind of just realizing, oh, I think a lot of people really like that match. Uh, so it takes me a long time to kind of rationalize things because I'm so like in the moment, I guess. Like, okay, so this happened. What are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? I'm always like, what are we going to do next? I'm never like, oh, that was great because I'm never satisfied. And that's both like a good trait and a bad trait. Because I'm never happy. I'm, ne- I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not happy. Uh, I'm happy when I'm at Disney World and things like that. But I'm never, <laughs> I'm never like happy with my own performances. Like I, always, I, I, I'm very open about the fact that, uh, like I, I, I find things in matches that I, I think we all do. Find things in matches that I'm not happy with. I think could have been better. Uh, this could have been better. This could have been better. I'm never happy with my own performance. Uh, but I do have a pretty decent takeover streak going on. And, uh, I, I, that's, but that's the thing about TakeOver. Like, TakeOver is always special. It's, I don't think it's just me. I think it's our entire locker room. I think it's the atmosphere and the electricity in the building. TakeOver's, and we're here to promote WWE Supercard. TakeOver is a literal Supercard. Uh, the, the matches, all, like, the, the matches of Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Saint, two out of three falls, uh, Velveteen Dream, Moss Champa, me and Alistair Black in the War Games match. Those are four main events in itself. 
so, I mean, like, I think it's not just me. It's just NXT right now is the hottest thing in the press. It really is. It's really insane how how hot it is. It's it's argue, very arguably the best, uh, if you want to call it a, a promotion separate from even WWE's main brand. It's it's very arguably the best promotion, the best presentation of wrestling going on right now in the world. And, you know, it's probably pretty surreal for you just a couple of years ago on the outside looking in WWE to now be like in WWE 2K18 in WWE Supercard to be on this call. So uh, are you still that, that indie dude riding the buses in your heart? Because, you know, I'm a man, I'm 40, but I still think like I'm 22. Are you still that guy trying to make it in, in, deep inside your heart? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it goes back to what I said about never being satisfied. I'll always be that indie guy at heart. And I always feel like I have something to prove. Uh, like I said, I'm never satisfied. And like, it's crazy to say that now because I remember watching my first takeover at home and being like, wow, like, I, I just want the chance to perform at a takeover. Like, and this is back when they were still in full sail, uh, doing the takeovers in full sail. Like, that was the, the atmosphere, like, it's just the crowd and the reaction, everything about it. It was, it was amazing. It was one of the best things in wrestling I've ever seen. And I just wanted to be a part of that. And here we are. I'm getting ready to take place in my 11th takeover match, which is the most in NXT history at Takeover War Games. Uh, so it's pretty wild. Like it's been a wild couple of years that we went from man, I just want to wrestle at a takeover to oh, now you have the most matches in takeover history. Wow. Uh, but I think that just shows that anything can happen, anything is possible, and I think. I've always had the mindset of if you want something, you can work hard enough to get it, and it's very accessible, and it's very likely it'll make it happen if you just believe you can do it. And I've always believed that I can do it, and uh, I'm doing it. Uh, that is crazy. I mean, you were you became a consistent takeover headliner in, in some of those matches without even the NXT Championship being at stake. A lot of that is your great work, but a lot of it, of course, was that great feud with Tommaso Ciampa that feels like it's still rolling on, like we're still in it. And... uh I always say, look, the mega power is exploding. It's the greatest story ever told in wrestling. But Johnny, I got to be honest, this one with Tommaso, with the layers, with the potential of where it still could go, it's in the damn conversation. So when you're a part of it, when you're laying out the chapters of it, do you know the end game? Do you know where it's going? Or is it this awesome in the moment Things change on the fly. You get input from everybody. You don't even know where it's going from here on out. Is it one of those things? Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Because that's, that's the thing about, I think, this business, too, is things constantly change. Uh, I think fans' perception constantly changes. And I think stories need to adapt accordingly. Uh, in my in my head, though, me and Tommaso, like, I, I think, like, it, it ignited something. It it just, it caught fans' imaginations in a way that a lot of stories don't nowadays. And we're very lucky in that aspect. And I think it's just because with me and Tommaso, like people were so invested in us. And they were invested in us because they saw two guys who were scratching and clawing on the indies who didn't even have contracts in NXT. I mean, they saw us walk into Barclays Center at TakeOver Brooklyn, our first TakeOver. So they were along for the whole ride and they, they, they just wanted to see us succeed because they knew like we deserved it. We deserve more. We fought it. We, 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 we wanted it really, really bad. And I think they felt that. And I feel like when Tommaso took it away, when he turned on me in Chicago, I felt like 
a lot of fans just, I don't know, it resonated with them for a different reason. Uh, like, I, I, I talk about takeovers and like, I have never felt something like takeover New Orleans for me and Tommaso's first encounter. I, I just, I, it was a different vibe. Just, I, I, I can't explain it. I've never felt that way since. It's just fans wanted to see Tommaso get his. And you don't get that a lot nowadays. Uh, just because everyone's so what they are about this business and what they are about professional wrestling. Like they feel a certain way about it. They don't get emo. They feel like they can't get emotionally invested, but I feel like in takeover New Orleans for me and Tommaso's story, everyone is invested. Yeah. It, it was, it was still real to all of us. Damn it. In all of the best ways. And I didn't think anything could get better than that. And then I actually preferred the, the Chicago one even better. And some people say that's crazy because the New Orleans one was a masterpiece, but the Chicago one was so gritty and brutal. And then I thought <laughs> that was the mountaintop, Johnny. And then this Brooklyn finish, the ending. It was, I was in the, lucky to be in the crowd, and it was just one of those moments where you're like, wow, that was brilliant, and they got me, and fight forever and I don't even know where it could go from here besides maybe the damn WrestleMania main event next April in uh in New York but you know that's just me talking <laughs> but I mean uh, you know well done considering you had that almost match in January that we were already saying was probably the greatest match in NXT history and now you just keep raising the bar so can can you top that I mean is there you got anything else in, in your sleeve can you can you top what you guys just already done can we go eight uh, stars? I'd like to think I got a little magic in me. Uh, a little magic. I, I think I got a little magic in me left. Uh, I, 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 I think if I didn't think I could top it, then I probably should quit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I always think like I can top it. I know, I know like the, the, the bar is raised so high nowadays where you're like, oh, there's no way that I could possibly top it. But I think that I feel like that's what people say every takeover too. As they're like, oh, this takeover was the best and this one tops it. And this takeover was the best. And this one tops it. Uh, I, I feel like it's just like it's evolution, it's progression. It's just I, I feel like I can get better, and I think there's different ways to get better. Uh, I think there's different ways to tell different stories, and I think there's still plenty of stories to tell. Uh, and I think you know, I think it's it's been a cool ride so far, but the ride is far from over. Uh, it's it's like a roller coaster, like you think it's slowing down, but it speeds right back up. And I think that's the uh, a good explanation of uh, my story in NXT. And your character, it's been, been a little darker, a little deranged, a little, a little grimy, a little extra hairy. I've been loving it. I don't know if you're a heel. I don't know if you're friends with Champa <laughs> right now. I mean, look, I, I'm a fan watching this and I'm dialed in because I don't know where it's going next. How much fun has it been to play this version the last two months compared with like white meat, all American, you know, Dan O'Brien's little brother. We love regular Johnny. This new guy, I like him a lot. <laughs> I think that's the fun thing about it is like I think that's what makes good television is you never know what can happen next you never know what's going to happen I think character regression is very very important I don't think you can say the same I think certain things happen in your life that changes that, that change you I mean I, I, I things have happened in my real life that has changed me I think things have happened in Johnny Gargano the character's life that, that changes him in my head, in my mind, obviously I am the same person, 
uh, in my head, like I feel, and I, I still do feel like I am the good guy and I am the good guy. I, 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 you, you look at me and I, I am, I am the one, I'm the guy who was outside of full sale, who signed autographs for fans for an hour and a half when I didn't have to. Uh, I'm a fan who open, I'm a guy who says fans can come up to me in public and I'll be super nice to them. That has not changed. That's still me. That's still very much so me. But the thing is that I don't understand is Alistair Black can go around and do whatever he wants. He can black mass whoever he wants. He can beat up security guards. He can threaten general managers. But people don't blink, the, people don't blink an eye because he's an anti-hero. Tommaso can do whatever he wants. The other student era can do whatever they want. They get cheered. I mean, I, I don't understand why Johnny Wrestling, because I'm Johnny Wrestling, I'm the lovable underdog, the pure white meat baby face. I don't understand why I can't do whatever I want. Like, I'm not saying I'm a different person, but in my head, things are between me and Tommaso Ciampa. And I made a promise to right a wrong. I made a promise to fix my mistake. I, it's my fault that Tommaso Ciampa is NXT Championship. Tommaso Ciampa is NXT Champion. That's my fault. I owned up to that. And it's my mistake to fix. The thing is, Aleister Black just got in the way. <laughs> the ends justify the means. And if the ends is me defeating Tommaso Ciampa, little kids being happy, and everyone celebrating, I think one attack in the parking lot was worth it. Oh, wow. That's, uh, I'm, fired. I'm fired up. I'm fired up right now. I'm excited for this match uh, Saturday against Aleister Black. NXT TakeOver War Games in Los Angeles. This has almost been like a Who Shot JR storyline. I mean, uh, how about that for a dated reference? We've had some Nikki Cross action a part of it. It's been a heck of a storyline. I prefer the Mr. Burns. I prefer Mr. Burns. Yes. The Who Shot Mr. Well, Burns reference. But, well done. You know. Much more contemporary. Uh, speaking of you in, in the great Candice LeRae, the, <laughs> one, of, one of the WWE's best power couples. Maybe you don't get the love. Can we get you on Mix Max Challenge so we can prove that you guys are one of the best power couples? Can you Can you work for that in your next contract? See, we've gotten that a lot. Look, I, I just became the season five ambassador of Supercard. So, I mean, we can, we can do some stuff in Supercard, do some stuff in K19. Uh, we'll start there first. <laughs> and then maybe make that challenge. You never know. Uh, but yeah, I guess I, I've gotten that a lot. I've gotten a lot of people saying, Oh, why aren't you and Candace in, in Mix Match Challenge? Like, I, like, like we got her, we're busy enough in NXT right now as it is. Yes. And that's the thing. Like, I, I'm perfectly fine. Uh, being in NXT, she's probably fine being in NXT because we have a lot of unfinished business in NXT, and I'm very proud of NXT. I, I I'm no I'm not shy about that. I love NXT. Uh, I, I there is no moving on, there is no moving up, and I get that a lot. Like when are you moving on, when are you moving up, when are you going up to the main roster. Like for me, that is not on my mind. For me, the NXT is NXT is the main roster. NXT is the hottest thing in professional wrestling, and my goal is to take that even further. And to take it to heights it's never been before, and that's that's what my ultimate goal. Is. Damn, preach that, brother! I, I see. I don't want people to go up. It's like I can't wait to go to high yep. school, Billy. No, stay here forever. This is where it's at. Wow, uh, <laughs> and it's also where it's at. WWE Supercard Season Five launching today. You got to get your hands on that. Free downloads, of course. App Store for iOS devices, Google Play Store, Amazon. You got a lot of Amazon App Store for Android devices. New enhancements, free-to-play experiences through purchase of individual cards, card packs, and more. A lot of good stuff going on there. Hey, use Johnny Gargano. Load up your deck there. Get some some NXT guys in there. You can can enjoy yourself. Johnny Gargano, we're going to enjoy ourselves watching TakeOver this weekend. Downloading you there on Supercard 
season five. Thanks for chatting, man. Best of luck. And this masterpiece you're painting in 2018, keep, keep going, man. Keep throwing the colors at the board. It's working. It's working, brother. Thanks, Brian. It's always a pleasure. And remember, hashtag Johnny Gargano did nothing wrong. Adam, I want to talk uh, takeover with you, but to, but to follow up on Johnny there, I mentioned to him that, uh, look, dude, you're having a legendary 2018. This is an incredible year from the almost best match in NXT history through three or four takeover main events with Tommaso Ciampa in potentially the greatest story ever told. Potentially. Now, He's got, of course, Alistair Black, which is going to be very interesting. With this, this is what the last major pay per view of the year, last takeover. Yes, last takeover card of the year. Yes, right? yes. If yes. this match is another four point seven five star mini classic, what what are we going to do with his twenty eighteen? We're like, this is a special year for one man. Special, special year for one man putting out five star, five star. Four and seven, five, five star, yeah. four and seven, five, five star, like in matches that not only were great, but touched you emotionally in ways that even some of the great N- uh, NJPW matches don't that the feel was there to match the the 17 stars. Yeah, I mean, I think you would have to say he's wrestler of the year in terms of in ring competitor, because if you did it by a star average and again, stars don't mean anything. So Kenny would be higher just because he has one match that's seven. So, so okay, like he won, sure. But if, if, you, if you just count that as a great match, which it was, that was the, literally the greatest match of all time. Um, and you really look at the body of work that Johnny Gargano has put, th- put forth for us, not just in the ring, but character changes, character development, storyline, and NXT and their writers get a lot of credit for it. I mean, in WWE, definitely. I would say he's the man or woman of the year in the company. That's such a lofty praise, but it's like, go back and look. The guy's. But is there an argument? I don't think there's an argument. Not only is he main evented all of those takeovers, but each match was like jaw droppingly good and better than any other match that it was competing with the same weekend on the main roster, right? Like when you put. If right now, if I, if we pause the show and I said, Adam, give me a list of the five best NXT takeover matches of the year and the five best main roster. Not only would Johnny Gargano maybe have been in all five, but all five might be better than the ones on the main roster side. Seriously, that's insane. Yeah. And that doesn't yeah. even take into account. The story that's the companion story, the week to week on NXT of what's happening, like. This is like it doesn't it doesn't get the attention it deserves because Johnny's no. not flashy and because it is NXT. If NXT ever ends up on like FS1, maybe things will raise up, but probably not even that much. It's still NXT, right? It's still going to be Smarks only. And this is just insane the year he's having. We really have to say that and put it into perspective. And, and there's really no reason to think that this won't be crazy, too. Like I'm ex- like, like I'm expecting four point five stars. Dude, he That's- was a small a side of a tag team, like a good tag team, but a small tag team. Like when he went solo for a bit, I'm like, oh, that's really indie of WWE to make him go solo, right? right? Like the, I'm still, it's still the 1986 Vince inside of me going, you know, like, like maybe you should hit the the weight room, son. Like it's like you know, call up. Well, that's what, he, that, that's what he told us when we interviewed him back at WrestleMania in New Orleans. He basically said he's like, my dream was always to come to WWE. But I, I'm on posters next to The Undertaker. He's like, what the hell's going on here? So 
NXT is doing with him what WWE struggled to do with Daniel Bryan yes. until fans told them they didn't have any other choice. Oh gosh, That's trips, the difference. Trust. That's trips. why he's so great. And like I said, the fl- I don't want to say the floor. The expectation for this match is 4.5 stars. This probably should be the opening match of the show. And like if he does hit that or goes higher and it's that good, there's no question he's the wrestler of the year in WWE because – Becky's been hot, but she's been late, and her she did have the, maybe the best main roster match of the year, but it's one match. Lesnar has not been a great champion. Reigns during his entire run, the fans didn't allow him to even yes. try. The 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 Seth Dolph program kind of fell flat on its face, and Seth's had a great year, and maybe Seth would be the argument, but he hasn't had the match quality of Johnny. No, he hasn't. Been- and and none of the champions on either brand. I mean, don't forget. Uh, Carmella was the women's champion for a large portion of the year on SmackDown. What a weird year. You know, I've derided the the overall booking in this year, and I think rightfully so, but, like, even AJ, for being the champion that whole time, could you tell me his feuds in in order, in in succession? I don't even know if I I remember. I could do that. I could do that, but I could also tell you how many pay-per-views he main evented. Zero. That's a great point. Wow. I wonder if... Your WWE Wrestler of the Year, is it really Johnny Gargano? That's crazy. I I think it's between Gargano... Rollins and Becky, and I think Becky gets disqualified just because it's too Rousey? late. Well, come on, you got to throw your Rousey in there. Yeah, Ra- oh, I'm sorry, Rousey's in there too. Yeah, and and you know what? She she has a better case than Becky because it's been longer and over the course of the entire year. So I, I say it's those four, and then you would choose. And you know what? We will do that because we have our annual award show that will come up. Uh, at some point, I think in December or January. But, Strowman should be on the outside of the conversation, but they just didn't do enough with him. No, they, no, they didn't give him the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, that, that was it. That ended it right there. All right, we have a lot more card to get to. Uh, we want to do this whole takeover thing There's justice. Four matches who, on here. Four matches. Who, four matches. But who wins? Who wins this one? Which one? The Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what I love about these takeovers is you really have to think deep. You really have to think, like, what are they trying to do here? Where are they going? I think this match, in my mind, is so connected to the Champa Dream match that's probably going to be the main event, should be for the NXT Championship. Because of that connection with Johnny Gargano and Champa, and the fact that they're so brilliantly presenting Gargano right now as kind of a shady heel who it seems like he took out Aleister Black so Champa could be the champion. So maybe because that means he wanted to keep the belt on Champa, his biggest rival, so that he could Title. beat Champa for that belt. Title. Or maybe it means that he's such of a heel right now that he's going to end up teaming with Champa. Like it, it's so the waters are so. Well, muddy. you had a great idea that you haven't brought up, and your idea was have them reform DIY with black shirts and really dark. That would be really cool. And that's in play. It's there's a lot of things that are in play that to say who wins this match I'm not even sure because I'm not even sure Gargano doesn't affect the finish to the main event in in some awesome way certainly Aleister Black is like dead set on killing him and getting revenge so I kind of feel like maybe there's more money in a Black win because why would you damage him for no reason so he comes back he beats Gargano but then Gargano gets back heat by doing something in the main event so that could be really interesting. I do find it interesting that you like to uh, 
perpetuate the silver hedge. Meanwhile, you're the one who won't make predictions on these matches and goes oh, back and dude, forth on, these, on all of them. Come on, don't even I count. put myself out there with predictions. Okay, but, Alistair but Black you is going to win you, The match. thing is, you care about those predictions, and nobody cares who's going to win the Raw SmackDown tag team fight. No, like, I know, but I, I there's put myself no hedging there. there. There's honesty that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, Alistair Black, I think, needs to win this. If he loses it, the only other thing for him to do legitimately is go to the main roster. The main roster does not need him now. They probably don't need him until after WrestleMania. Stay in NXT. I think he wins. Start some other type of feud. Maybe feuds with Ricochet for the North American title. Maybe Cole wins it, and he feuds with Cole. There's a lot of things you can still do with Aleister Black in NXT, um, but I think him losing it, there'd be nothing left for him to do, and Gargano doesn't get hurt by a loss because he deserves the loss, and we still have five months until WrestleMania, so he can still get that number one contendership back and actually challenge Ciampa for the title in Brooklyn. I will be there. You won't be because you want to see some Ring of Honor NGPW show in Madison Square Garden. Well, well, well let's see. Let's see what's on that card. <laughs> okay, here I we mean, go. I certainly like there's a great potential for that card to be friggin' amazing and challenge the status quo of WWE, but there's you never know what it's going to look like. All right, well, we'll find out. Uh, up next, the NXT Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler defending against Kyrie Sane, Kyrie Sane, I'm sorry, uh, in her rematch. And you were right last week when you said one of the matches on this card had a stipulation. It's this one. Best two out of three falls. What do you think happens here? Again, things are connected. I wouldn't be surprised if Baszler and these other two chicks showed up for Rousey and we begin the Rousey slow heel turn that's connected to Survivor Series. What does that mean for this match? I kind of think you have to keep Baszler strong. I think Baszler ends this feud with a dominant win here. I mean, of course, Sane's going to have her moments. In fact, the two out of three falls setup gives her a chance to have moments. So she kind of retains some sort of flash in a loss. Plus, look, she's going to face the distraction of the other two horsewomen. So there's going to be some foul play in here. But I think you put over Baszler huge so that when she shows up on Sunday night, It's like, there's NXT champion Shayna Baszler, former UFC fighter for all you casuals who don't watch anything else. She's Rousey's friend. There's other two chicks, too. So Shayna Baszler's going to win, and she's going to put Sane to sleep. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I wouldn't be surprised if she wins 2-0, in fact. Um, There's no harm in Sane losing this. Shayna's way bigger than her. She's a destroyer. They're trying to give her this momentum back. The question really is, if she does beat her, which I expect, Who the hell is her next challenger and what women's titles and feuds, sorry, title match feud is what I meant to say. um, Are we going to get leading into WrestleMania? Nikki Cross, brother, and it's going to be incredibly awesome. That's definitely a possibility. Because she can play babyface now that Sanity's gone. Yeah, um, and she has been, and it's been pretty decent. And she's already messed with Baszler in a couple different storylines before. So yeah. it's, it's, it's you could also get potentially a Candice LeRae. I don't, I don't really buy into that too much. Um, I don't buy into it yet. And it looks like uh, Bianca Belair is heading into a Mia um, Yim feud. Yeah, so. and she's also a heel, so that wouldn't work. You need a pure face to, to go in. Can I just add that in one more time? I just absolutely like certainly, but I also just I think she's a superstar. To waiting to happen, Bianca Belair. Thank you, friends. I just said talking that. about a superstar waiting to happen. You like that transition? Velveteen Dream gets his first NXT Championship opportunity against champion Tommaso Ciampa. Man, I am excited for this. I thought that if you want to call it a go home segment, even though we do have an NXT this week, but the go home segment for that feud last week 
with Dream dropping the Purple yes. Rainmaker and hitting the rolling Death Valley driver on Champa, getting pulled off by the referees. This guy's a star. I'm excited. I see no he way lost. he wins the title. But then he lost but. to Lars Sullivan. Because yeah, he of, did, but be a distraction. Champa's distraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, went, I, yeah I that's fine. Get that that's fine. I want people to know what happened. All right. Look, if look, we've learned, and I've been critical of it. We've learned Dream can lose to anyone at any time, and it doesn't matter. He is strong, apparently. Um, this kid's the future. Like we've said it, I, I'm glad they're taking their time. I don't want him up for another two years. I want him to be an NXT champion at some point. I just don't think it's Saturday. So this is why this match is really, really good because Dream could totally win the championship here and begin his reign on top, have his own 8, 9, 10-month Finn Balor, Neville, Kevin Owens-type reign as the champion of NXT, and it won't kill the Champa Gargano storyline. In fact, this could lead, like I said, to some dark DIY reunion with Champa and Gargano that still ends with a WrestleMania match with Gargano going over, maybe even for the title for all we know again at that point. But it's more likely, of course, that Champa keeps it, maybe even Gargano helping him keep it. Either way, this is going to be theater because Champa has obviously raised his level to an area that I never thought that B-side, the Genetti of that tag team, could get to. Look, like he's good, but he was never great. He's great now. And I can't believe he's great. I can't believe it. Seriously, like look who we're talking <laughs> about. The guy was like yeah. a jobber in an Undertaker uh, SmackDown scene in like 2003, like like, like some long ass time ago. And wow, uh, I'm going to predict Champa, but I want to be wrong. I want this to be the moment where we're so focused on Champa Gargano that Dream goes over, wins the damn championship, and we're like, oh my God, he's every bit of a star that we <laughs> knew he was. Let the Dream era begin. What's stopping that right now? The idea that Champa has to lose the title to Gargano at WrestleMania yes. takeover? Is that the yes. only thing stopping that? Yeah, he does. And he does need to lose to him. Like that, it, we, the, the, the climax of the feud is Gargano winning the title from Champa. Now, unless you want to give it to Dream and have Gar, uh, Champa win it. Did I say that right? Yeah. Unless you want to give it to Dream and have Champa win it back into NXT taping again, which I don't, I don't like the changing hands of titles just to do that, just to get a moment. I don't think it happens. And by the way, you know, at least by my predictions, and certainly for uh, Survivor Series, there's only one title that's actually on the line. I'm predicting no title changes for an entire weekend, which is really a stark contrast to WrestleMania weekend when basically every single title changed hands. And I think even SummerSlam weekend, there are a bunch that changed hands too. Okay, um, are you ready for this? You ready for this? Okay, you're right. And the, the way that this greatest story ever told potential ends, of course, is Gargano getting his Daniel Bryan moment over Champa, and the crowd will freaking tear the paint off the walls. It'll be amazing. But we just had like four takeover matches involving these guys in one year. We don't necessarily have to cash this in now. So how about this? All right. Gargano helps Champa keep the title. They become dark DIY. All right. In black. They win the tag titles from Undisputed Era at the Rumble takeover because Era's going up, bro. It's time. It's going to be time soon. So Era's got to go up and they got to go up as a full team. They got to go up as the shield. Seriously. If you're going to go, you got to go as one, and it's got to be awesome with a full faction. They still need a big guy. So Dark DIY is tag team champions, and it's awesome. And they're feuding with all the baby faces available. And, of course, in the long run, we're going to still get what we want. But why rush it? These guys don't need to get called up to the main roster. These guys should never be on 205 Live. These guys should be like the face of NXT for two, three years. 
let this story continue to work. And then at some point, even have Ch- Champa have, have a liaison with Candace. I'm saying go places <laughs> with this thing. You know what you could also do just playing off of that idea? If, if you did give the title to Dream and you did change that and you did have them win the tag team titles, you could have them lose them in Brooklyn and Gargano throw Champa into the screen at the end of oh, Brooklyn. Oh, that's so which would brilliant. Be, yeah, which would be really the king booking. And yes, you give him one more year of feuding, and then it pays off at WrestleMania 36 weekend or the SummerSlam oh, takeover oh my, weekend or whatever. Oh, that I am that just reignited something in me that hasn't been there since before this bad, bad, bad run of bad booking that just almost killed my fandom. Oh man, I'm fired up for this. I think just this moment right now. Booking the That's damn how you territory pay with these yeah. two, I think I'm back. I am back. The problem I'm is back. they don't pay. They don't pay me to actually book for them. Instead, they write things like Millennial Man and Avocado Toast and Skinny Jeans. So that's what they want to go with. All right, War Games, the main event, Undisputed Era against War Raiders. Will this Ricochet, be the main event? Does it have to be? I don't think it has to be. I want Champa Dream in the main event. I think it absolutely has to be the main. Event. I don't think it does because I think that it's not that hot right now. I think it's Undisputed Era is like the most over thing in NXT. Arguably, arguably. Undisputed Era, Velveteen Dream, massively over. Ricochet, massively over. Pete Dunne, massively okay. over. You have my problem three of those this, four in this match. My problem with this, even though I loved two episodes going to NXT, their outdoor brawl, loved it. And that first gave me like, a, oh, maybe I do care about this match. My problem is the team of Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and War Raiders. It sucks. It yeah. sucks. It has no natural connection. And look, I know in the history of War Games, there's a lot of no natural connection because you got to find good guys to go up against the four horsemen. That was like the original premise of the of the War Games. This team's constantly cheating, so let's put them all in a cage and we'll just get a super team of good guys to beat them up. I'm sorry, Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and War Raiders, not a super team of good guys, which again makes me give a good argument that this should be the co-main event because if this was uh, Ricochet, Alistair Black, Dream Gargano, then you'd have a different story. It's not. Make this as the co-main event, and I don't see any justification for the babyfaces winning. I, even though you can argue that it doesn't matter in a violent match of this nature, I think you keep the undisputed era as strong as you possibly can until the day you send them up. I just don't think you can have them. Didn't they win last year? Yes, they did. But no one knows so, that though. Yeah, I don't think you can have them win twice in a row. And I also have an issue with when you look at. Who can take the final pinfall? Now, you can make an argument that either War Raider could because no one necessarily cares about either of them individually. But they're such big dudes that it doesn't make sense for like Adam Cole or Kyle O'Reilly to get the final pinfall on one of them. Ricochet is not going to take the fall. Pete Dunne is not going to take the fall. And you would hope that they Adam can. Cole wouldn't take the fall. See, but that, what that can. gives you is three other people on Undisputed Era who can take the fall in the match. The faces, it gives them an opportunity for them to win. It keeps the War Raiders on the path to having a title opportunity. If they lose, what really argument do they have? Uh, And since none of the titles are on the line here, it makes the most sense for your North American champion and your UK champion to come out on top. I don't necessarily think there's a good winner. I don't think either way matters, which to your point is maybe this isn't a main event because – there's nothing really that matters at stake at the end of here. Whereas yeah. last year, it mattered that Undisputed Era won because it established them. Look, Trips is brilliant because he does something the main roster does certainly doesn't do any more enough of once a couple times a year maybe, which is end a pay-per-view with something like, wow, like right, right. I can't wait to see what happens next. They've been doing that 
consistently. So there's no reason to believe that Champa Dream is not that moment for the main event with Gargano having some kind of play where we just get sent home. This is not the match for that. I think you keep Undisputed strong. I don't think it matters who takes the fall because it's going to be a violent match. It's going to be fun. Put the damn roof back on the cage trips, okay? Because that's what this match is. You don't need an evolution of the thing. You want to make the cage walls higher so you can do more things inside of it? Fine. Then do it, yeah. I agree with you. I, that, that was going to be my next question, my closing question here is, we were really excited for War Games to come back, and the match was great last year. And yes, they had some moments off the top of the cage that wouldn't have been possible if the top had been on. But for me, and I'm coming as a neophyte in War Games who only really watched our pay-per-view rewind and one other, like a year and a half ago when we did it, I was unfamiliar with it. I'd never seen one before. But the match was not nearly as exciting as that, and having everyone just start in the ring sucked too. I think they need, they must go back to the old school war game style where it starts at two versus one or one versus one. And then, you know, one by one, they add people and one team always has the advantage. That's the way to do this match. And you have the top on it. Otherwise, well, no, last year they, they started it in some weird way where there were pods and then people entered from the cages, right? There was like pods on the stage, wasn't there? Oh, there were pods on the stage. You're right. But it was different though. It still was weird. My point is like, there was not ever – was there a situation where a team had an advantage? I don't even remember. The thing is this, though. Like, there's been some bad War Games matches in the in the bad – you know, back heyday of WCW and NWA, certainly. But there's been some amazing ones. And the ones that mattered were ones that were storyline-driven because that's the point of why you want to see the violence and somebody get payback. Even the build to this one is just more about, like, oh, these two teams hate each other. So this doesn't seem to be, like, a reason. Like, I get it goes back to the War Raiders interrupting – the Undisputed Era celebration party a couple takeovers ago and attacking them. But that's not enough for me, right? Well, no, it's also the, it's also the whole triple threat scenario with Adam Cole, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne inter- interrupting each other, not having finishes to all those title matches. So they hated them, so then they teamed up the, with the but War like, Raiders. It's not like... it's it, There is storyline reason. It's just not great. It's just no. not great. That's the point. There's nothing yeah. like like a deep yeah. wound that you're like, ooh, I got to see that. I got to see if Dusty can get revenge for getting his leg broken. Well, this, so, goes, this goes to what I said last week about NXT, which is I think, and this isn't to say it's bad, it's not bad, but I think this is a down period in their storytelling. The, ever since coming out of the last takeover, this has just been fine. It's not bad, yeah, that's fair. but it's not great. I leading mean, it's, into, it's, it's comparable to, the, to an insane level of what they were doing, but yeah, yeah. Well, yes, but leading into TakeOver New Orleans and TakeOver Brooklyn, we were like on the edge of our seats. What the hell is going to happen? These are great. And even TakeOver Chicago. Like, holy crap, we're so excited. This is like we've seen Baszler Sane, Gargano Black. Like, I'm, I'm down for it, but honestly, Johnny being revealed as the attacker, like, I kind of expected it, and it didn't do much for me. Champa Dream, like, I'm excited for the match. I love Dream, but why is he the number one contender? What's he really won that has given him that opportunity? And then this match, yeah, the storyline isn't there. So I'm, I'm, it's going to be great. We, See, that's it's funny because prob- I've seen a lot of people on social media say, is this the best takeover on paper? Oh, I don't, I don't even think it's close. No, I mean, there's only four matches, which is interesting, too. On paper, I think it might be the worst in the last two years. No. But no. but not bad. That doesn't mean it's bad. I'm just saying on paper. I don't I, think it's... So, I just mean, if you're going to bring back War Games, just don't bastardize it at all and make it matter in the storyline. It was it was too much of a spot fest last year. And I say that meaning knowing it's a spot... So, War Games was never a spot fest because you had the low cage ceiling. It was just a brutal battle. There were, there were barely any spots. 
make they turned it last year just into spot after spot in ways that didn't necessarily matter in the storyline. So trips get that part together. So to be fair, up. to be fair, and to your point, maybe it should just have a higher ceiling, physical physically. Uh, ricochet with a top on a cage. There's only so much he can do. True. Like I, maybe we do need you know it to be this way so we can jump off the top of that structure and moonsault onto someone or do something crazy. I mean, th- the fact that Ricochet's in this match is awesome. I will say. All right. We got to get out of here before we reach the four hour mark. Lot we got through this week. I hope you enjoyed that, listeners. Thank you for your DMs. Thank you for following us. You know what it's about, guys. It's all about Defy. So do that if you haven't. All right. Do that. It's a holiday season coming up. We're, we're closing in on some nice times, right? Maybe that's like the least you guys can do. Mazel. That's fantastic. Yeah, it would be fantastic if you did that for us. Thank you. Uh, special thanks to Johnny Gargano for joining us. Uh, WWE Supercard, all those nice folks. Well done there. Adam, uh, we should also urge people to check out that David Arquette bonus interview from Monday of this week. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. We had a nice discussion afterwards. That was a fun and loose event. You'll enjoy it. Uh, any other housekeeping I'm missing before we, we toss the ball? Get out of here? No, Monday's pod is uh, sneaky good, actually. I mean, the interview's obviously great. You do great interviews. But we had a really fun, nice discussion afterward, as you mentioned. And that interview, if you're a little bit more of a visual learner, uh, is also available on the CBS Sports YouTube account. You get to see two wash dudes talk for about 30 minutes. So. Wow. Wow. And by the way, this guy, Adam, the protector of all things spoilers, who urges journalists and fans alike to not spoil live wrestling events. What did he do last night during this wild smackdown when I was out playing in my uh, old man basketball rec league? Nothing. Spoiled the whole thing on our no, inter- I didn't. inner work public Slack message. No, I did not. That's false. Full spoilers. Full spoils. That's blatant Full spoilage. Booking on the fly. Full spoilage. Not a private convo. A full public. Not true at all. It did happen. It did happen. And you know it. And you know this man. False. But we got to say goodbye. Okay, no, say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, now get out of here. Well, that's right a little now. rough, Randy. Yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. Don't ever forget that, folks. We out.